Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. The podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesota accents. God, it's good to hear you. It's good to hear back, y'all. Yeah, (laughs) it's good to hear that intro properly said again. Oh yeah. Oh man, it feels. You remembered it. Yeah, I, I know it's you know it's like riding a bicycle, which I actually don't really know how to do. I would not mm. like to see you on a bike. No, mm. Lucy seen it is rollerblades. Yeah, oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rollerblades. Oh I can do rollerblades at like well, not now. Uh, Back in the day, I could do mm. rollerblades at like a a roller skating rink if I stuck by the wall. Yes. Because I could go, I just. I'm gonna get you break. one of those like toddler ice skating walkers. Yeah, mm-hmm. love it. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Well, so, who are you? Sonia's just spinning crazy eights <laughs> around you. You have a walker oh made for children. That would be, be great if she got into ice skating. I'd be into that. Listen, um, do it. Oh fuck it! I'm Kenyon. <laughs> Hi. I'm Lucy. I'm Amanda. And I can't believe I'm back. It feels nice. It mm-hmm. really feels good. Like yeah. slipping into a warm bath. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Which I'm also allowed to do again. Tea. Thank God. Oh, that's good. Your scar is in good good enough shape. Yeah. I got good. the all clear. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I was already in the bath a couple times before I got the all clear. Obviously. But now I don't feel guilty about it. Right. You're right. fine. Yeah. Like well, wine. Same. Infection's not going to take us the way it once did. Get yeah. in the tub, girl. You know what? Take my uterus. You know I don't what? need it. Bye. No. <laughs> Bye-bye. Take my wife, please. <laughs> anyway. God, um, we're fine. I don't remember. How, how do I transition? Do I just say Today the we have a very special fan Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, we have a very special fan pick today brought to you by James Hicks. Who oh. wants to dedicate this topic to their girlfriend, Kate. Happy Aww. late birthday, Kate. Happy late birthday and enjoy the most macabre and tragic gift. It's it's going to be a tough episode. Yeah. And you're going to know that just from the topic. So the topic is Rikers Island crimes. It's James' Thanks, fault. James. Thank you, James. Thanks, James. You're great. <laughs> no James. man is an island, James. <laughs> from what I recall from the email, Kate went to law school because of Amanda's case. Yes. Yeah. Amanda's so that's case the tie. was the fan pick or fan suggested case Mm -hmm. and also maybe the the most high profile case out of Rikers and Mm -hmm. it's a doozy so I tried to find cases that were not quite as dark so we flipped I mean good luck on Rikers Island it's really hard (laughs) I had to go back to like the 70s yeah Mm -hmm. yeah. like it's shit is bad Uh, yeah it's not great 
Love it. So let's do some Drink about alcohol it. disassociation. Amanda. Let's do some alcohol. <laughs> let's do some alcohol. Okay, I'm, I'm ready. ready. I'm ready to do alcohol. And today <laughs> I am pairing this episode with the rumpus 2020 California chaos red blend. Oh. Appropriate. Because I cannot think of a place much more chaotic than Rikers. Yeah. 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 And it's a also, wild rumpus and not in a good way. And not in a good way. And also this like label art is kind of like fascist. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean severe. It's a, it's a little severe. It's yeah, a little yeah. severe. I don't hate it. No, it's it was definitely a choice. Pleasing. <laughs> right. Right. It's just, you know, there's like this could this looks like razor wire to yeah. me. That's a good pairing. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm trying to get a little bit creative. Also, <laughs> your girl needed something with a decent ABV. This bad boy's 15%. <laughs> yeah, going for it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. She's mostly Petite Syrah. It's a pe- uh, mm. Petite Syrah red blend out of California. So you're going to get that like dark fruit, that kind of like velvety, almost Merlot mouthfeel. Mm. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. with a nice lingering finish. And, you know, this the 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 winery that made it, they the the guy who runs it claims himself as a blending fanatic, quote unquote. So this is like his dream bottle. He sourced Petit Syrah and Tanat, which is a varietal that I freaking love. It's like a really cool alternative to Cabernet. Ooh. Yep, yep. I so, did not know that. Yeah, it's really good. There are some Tanat. Uh, you'll see Tanat a lot in blends, but you don't always, well, you don't see often it see it as a standalone. But we had one at uh, the Harriet Brasserie that was like my go-to wine. So if you find a good, like, straight up Tanat, you should try it if you're a Cabernet fan because you'd probably love it. To not miss out. To not miss out, okay? Mm-hmm. So this is like a bold, kind of fuller-bodied red. It's going to go really well with, like, grilled meats, you know? barbecue mm. yep all the things you love and it is a popper so i have my wine and crime gals iridescent wine key and i have a fun new everything is dust flexible wine glass from yeah. our holiday collection uh, yeah you yeah. do so Thank i you. did not put on lotion and i'm gonna attempt a nice pop i can't wait to receive my everything is dust Glass and oh. uh, also my new nice pop wine stopper. Okay, the stoppers yes. are so ridiculously so cute. So fun. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. cute. They're hefty. They're a high quality. They are so phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm obsessed. Like Bill and I did some product shots last night for the website and I am so in love with all of our new merch. So mm-hmm. check it out at wineandcrimepodcast.com. Go to our merch tab and go see all the fun new things that we have. Shall we pop? Let's do it. Let's All right, pop. here we go. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> nice. Guess who's pop. back? Back again. A homecoming pop. Yeah. Canyon's back. Tell a friend. Oh, look how dark and like succulent Lush. this is. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna need to get a bottle of that because everything you said about oh. it is exactly what I'm looking for in a red wine. Yeah, this is calling your name, sweet pea. Yeah. Mm. 
Oh, um, fuck, well, that's good. <laughs> it's 2 p.m. my time, so I'm not going to have wine right I mean, now. But I will it's definitely It's 1 p.m. my time. <laughs> but I don't but have a new baby it. at all. Yeah, you needed it, especially <laughs> after writing this case. Yeah. It took me three days to write yeah. this case. Yeah, you've earned that glass of wine. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. That okay. holiday pour. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm starting. Yeah, that's pretty robust. I was like, I didn't even pour that much. It's, no, it's a big glass. Oh, yeah, she's uh, she, not a not a diminutive glass. Yeah. No, okay. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. I'm drinking my third coffee of the day. I got water oh. in my new Prince glass. Mm. Kenyon, you need this wine. Yeah, I can oh, tell yeah. that I need that wine. It's really good. Yeah. It's really fruit forward, but without being sweet, it's like very jammy. Mm-hmm. But then it finishes really dry. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, I'm 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 loving this. Good job, Rumpus. 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 Genre. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Lava. Lucy, what is our background and maybe psych for Rikers Island crimes? I got psych. (laughs) Yeah. My notes are kind of long. And I know how we as a group like to um, soapbox when it comes to social justice and reform issues. So if we can just keep that that down. Minimum. We'll do our best and no promises. Continue. (laughs) It's all going to be implied, but we'll still say it anyway. Mm -hmm. Rest assured, we will get to it. (laughs) And... um, the we don't. We don't need to. We don't really need to beat that dead horse as much as sometimes we do. So I mean, clearly we do because change is not happening swiftly enough. But I understand what you're saying. Let's. let's we'll do our it, best. Let's Go take ahead. It dive a, in. A, a, a bit more nuanced today. Uh huh. Dive in. Go ahead. So from Wikipedia. Rikers Island is home to one of the world's largest correctional institutions and mental institutions and has been described as New York's most well-known jail. Great. That's yeah. a prize you want. It's internationally known, I would oh, argue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like for a jail and not like a prison, a prison. It's insane how infamous it is. It's kind of like Broadmoor. In, like, yeah. London. Mm-hmm. Nothing like being a beacon of human rights violations yeah. or anything. Our Nothing local like local Guantanamo. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even like the it the the name implies so much more. Yeah, yeah. The name, yeah, it's like the its name. own noun. Now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's it's like an onomatopoeia. Like mm-hmm. it sounds like what the it is. shithole that it is. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get to the name. Okay. So the complex, operated by the New York Department of Correction, has a budget of eight hundred and sixty million dollars a year, a staff of nine thousand officers. And 1,500 civilians managing about 100,000 admissions per year and an average daily population of 10,000 inmates. Hmm. It's a massive It's a city on a tiny bit of land. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the majority, about 85% of detainees, are pre-trial defendants. So they're either held on bail or remanded in custody. And as we've talked about before... Cash bail is a total racket. Yeah, the mm-hmm. vast majority of these people do not need to be there, and it's a lot of times a death sentence from mm-hmm. the prosecuting attorney. Yeah, mm-hmm. because of how fucking awful this prison is. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cash bail was d- deemed to be too inhumane f- 
for the Middle Ages. Like in the mm. Middle Ages, cash mm-hmm. bail was deemed inhumane. Yep. And that is our system today. Well, it's because there's people of color in our system today. Right. It's, it's totally different. <laughs> right. Right. right, right. So the rest of the population have been convicted and are serving short sentences because, again, a jail, not a prison. Right. According mm-hmm. to a 2021 analysis by New York City Comptroller, what is a comptroller? No one of, knows. I feel like it's sort of like an accountant manager. Like administrative? You could say anything and I'd like be like, yeah, that's I feel like right. it's like sort of like a financy, audity decision maker person. Yeah, that sounds right. I love oddities. I'm gonna Google it. I don't really care. It's just I'm a, doing a horrible. I'm back, word. baby, and that means all of me. Time oh, money converter. Let's go. <laughs> Newspapers. We don't get to a time money converter in this point, ep- in, in this your episode, first episode. Then I quit. <laughs> Actually, I have some time money conversion later. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! Thank God. So according Can to, you feel so I was seen. so right. Okay. A comptroller is a management level position responsible for supervising the quality of accounting and financial reporting of an organization. Okay, so. Boom, baby. Great. Proud of you. Thank you. So according to that person, it costs the city approximately $556,539 to detain one person for one year at Rikers Island. I hate these breakdowns. Like, and just, I know that it's cliche, but just like imagine the good that could be what done. What could be done with that money if yeah. they were given over half a million dollars a yeah, year? A year. Rikers Island has a reputation for violence, both abuse and neglect of inmates, attracting increased press and judicial scrutiny that has resulted in numerous rulings against the New York City government and numerous assaults by inmates on uniformed. And civilian staff often resulting in serious injuries and also the other fucking way around. Yeah. In May 2013, Rikers Island ranked as one of the 10 worst correctional facilities in the U.S. I'm surprised it's not the world. I know. Based on well, reporting well, in Mother Jones. It kind of is. Really bad jails around the world, but it's right. yeah, large. Yeah. And that bad in what? Is depends on what supposedly a developed country. Mm-hmm. Depends on what your metrics are. Mm-hmm. Right. In 2015, there were 9,424 assaults, the highest number in five years. This is from my lover, Encyclopedia Britannica. Rikers Island, which is an island in the East River near the entrance of Bowery Bay, north of LaGuardia Airport, New York, New York, U.S. politically part of the borough of the Bronx to the north. Rikers Island is joined to the borough of Queens by a bridge, but that bridge is inaccessible to the public. The island was owned from 1664 by Dutch colonist Abraham Riken, who later, later his name became Riker, just hmm. a- oh. anglicization, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's called Riker's Island. And then New York City purchased the island in 1884 for $180,000. I forgot I didn't have the time money converter, but that is oh, the total amount. I'm on it. Get in there, girlfriend. 180K. Oh, it feels good. Get your racks up. In 1884. (laughs) Get your jallies. Jallies. It feels so good to be back. Yeah. Get those those jallies, girl. I feel like it's a lot of money. It's a lot. It's got to be. So when they purchased it, the island was only about 87 acres. Hmm. 
And it was initially used as a Union Army camp location. So started at 87 acres. And then between the early 1930s and 1943, prison laborers added ash and landfill to the island to expand its size from 87 acres to more than 400 acres. Can you imagine, like, building your own prison? Like, yeah. filling your own island with ash so that you can basically be forced to... Garbage. Stay yeah. there. Yeah. Fucking forced labor. Ugh. It would be about just under five and a half million dollars today. That's a lot of money. Wait, no. Wrong year. Give me oh. a second. It'd be more oh, than that. she's rusty. No. Okay. <laughs> she's rusty. It, 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 Mom brain. It, this website doesn't go back to 1884. So it would what? be, I don't know, you guys. I, I'm i rusty. Let's call it. Break up with time. Let's call it five better. mil. It was oh, a lot. Oh, probably over five mil. Yeah, but yeah. Over five mil. Okay. So again, went from 87 acres to over 400 acres built on top of trash. Mm-hmm. Horrifying. Like most of New York. And yep. like a lot of cities, but yes. <laughs> Rikers Island has been since 1935 the site of a city penitentiary that was relocated from Welfare Island, which is now called Roosevelt Island. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like gross little islands around New York. Uh-huh. Yep. Did you know? <laughs> Governor's Island. Have you heard of Governor's Ball? Gov Ball? Mm-hmm. I've heard of Governor's Island because of Real Housewives of New York mm-hmm. City when Alex makes them go to Governor's Island on a blustery spring day mm, and nobody's awful. wearing the right shoes. Yep. Yep. Ah, uh, it's very yeah. muddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not cute. Mm-hmm. The first of the facilities to be constructed on Rikers was the Men's House of Detention. Other facilities include the Correctional Institute for Men, the Correctional Institute for Women, the Anna Cross Center, the Adolescent Detention Center, and the Rikers Island Hospital. There was also a unit for some time for LGBTQ people, and they just called it gay housing. Jesus Christ. What? I mean, uh, on one hand, it's good that they had more vulnerable people in their own area, but there was – it was just not – so, like, pro- more recently they had that. It wasn't, like, back in the day and it was, like, the mental institution. No, this was in, like, the 70s or 80s. Okay. So it was just to... Separate out the population. S- yeah. Yeah, but there... Segregate you had to, gay like, and queer inmates? Yes. You had to, like, give, an, a, give a statement of homosexuality or you had to be, quote, apparently transsexual. Like, obviously, is that what apparently means in this That's what I read. Situation? So, yes, it just wasn't, it wasn't great. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's um, all bad, you guys. Here's a fun fact for you. Minors were housed with adults until 2017. Yep. My case covers a lot of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, really scary shit. Yep. So back to the garbage island. One of the unfortunate side effects of building an island out of garbage was the rats. Oh, God. Yep. In 1922, New York City had been banned from dumping their trash into the ocean, and Rikers already at that point had 12 mountains of garbage ranging from 40 to 130 feet tall and still took on another 1.5 million cubic yards of additional trash. The island became plagued with rats and was such a problem in the 1930s that the jail tried controlling them with poisoned bait, poison gas, ferocious dogs, and even pigs. Which is like a quick way to then have a bunch of dead dogs and dead pigs. Right. And yeah. like 
uber rats. Yeah. And like rat poison is also everything poison for people. Yeah. Yeah. Call me crazy, but when I thought about how islands were built on top of mounds of trash. Sure. I had assumed that then dirt went on top of the trash. I mean, it does. To, like, pack it down and also... It becomes dirt at some point. Yeah, and there is, like, usually some sort of sediment or soil or sand layer. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that... The rats... Critters can't dig to the gold. Oh, yeah, honey. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Which then, in turn, like, bugs and, and rodents can then... You know, compromise the structural in- integrity. Correct of the of that ground. There's just tons of tunnels. Yep. Cool. Yeah, it's why. Like I, the only reason I can picture this is because when we were pouring our. This is so fucking privileged. We were pouring our <laughs> patio a couple of years ago. <laughs> I wanted pavers. Yeah. And I got a bunch of opinions, and they were like, "You actually don't really want to do that because you have a lot of plants in your yard that are um, pollinated by ants." Mm. And ants will get under your pavers into, like, the rock and sand layer that supports your pavers. And they make tunnels. And then that fucks up the evenness. The evenness and, like, the structure of the soil underneath your pavers. They're like, it's really best that you just do a poured, like, a stamped poured concrete. And I was like, great. It was also cheaper. So just do that. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, my patio was basically going to be Rikers if I didn't (laughs) change course. Yeah. Built on If you trash. get anything from this episode, <laughs> it's to go with a concrete pour and not try to do pavers. That the okay? city of New York is going to shut down your patio. It is. By 2027. For human rights, vi- for ant rights violations. For ant rights violations. Mm-hmm. So by finally, 2026. 2027, they pushed it back. So finally, back to the rats. <laughs> They've been talking about shutting it down since the 70s and we will get to it. Mm-hmm. So... Finally, someone in the city organized a hunting party for the rats, and guess who it was? Master builder Robert Moses ever heard of him. Oh, my God. He Um, he made the rat party, the rat hunt? Yeah. So he was meticulously designing his plans for the 1939 World's Fair and did not want it to be spoiled by the eyesore that was Rikers and its mountains of trash. Amazing. He also helped in getting the garbage moved g- the garbage moved elsewhere in time for the fair. So he just like picked it all up, moved it somewhere else. We don't know where. Well, someone knows where, but And Rikers was an island. Was it was it already a prison? In 1939 they were building the prison. Okay. Well, some of the first buildings opened in 1935. Okay. But yeah, early days. He was also an integral figure in the original design and build of New York City, but he is a controversial figure used by many to personify racism. So we'll probably have Robert Moses crop back up in the future. I'm Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned the Anna Cross building earlier, and here's the story behind that person. Oh, Lord. On February 1st, 1957, a plane took off from LaGuardia Airport just before 6 p.m. It had been delayed due to a snowstorm. Okay. Shocking. However, as the plane climbed and banked slightly for the turn, the pilot was flying by instruments alone and with the help of the radio control tower. So he had zero visibility due to the snow. He was literally flying just with his Flying blind. That's what you want in a commercial flight. (laughs) 
As the plane was flying over Rikers Island, the pilot couldn't see the fact that he wasn't going to clear the trees. So the plane's undercarriage collided with the treetops and immediately crashed to the ground, ending up just 1,500 feet from the first point of impact. There's a photo on the drive, which will be on the blog of this plane crash. It's pretty brutal. Oh, my God. There were 90 passengers and six crew members aboard the approximately 60-second flight. They were only in the air for a minute. is like shredded cheese. Like, this plane is... This is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. What the... That's just from not clearing the treetops? Yep. 20 people were killed. out of... Papier mache. It oh, literally it was 1957, looks... so maybe. Oh. 78 were injured and 20 people were killed. So, as you can see, the crash site was pretty horrific. Frankly, I can't believe. Survived. Yeah, looking at this picture, I can't believe but there was a single survivor. The only of this crash. thing remaining of this plane is like tail the, and nose. Tail and nose. Everything yeah. else in the middle is just mush. It's mm-hmm. obliterated. It's gone. Yep. <gasps> So prisoners and staff of Rikers Island worked side by side to rescue survivors and administer aid. The state later decided that these prisoners were heroes and the majority of the inmates who assisted that day were released shortly afterward. Those who were unable to leave got reduced sentences. Okay. Anna Moskowitz Cross, the the city's second female commissioner of correction. It's kind of hard to say presided over the rescue and recovery evacuation of the jet plane that crashed on the island. So Cross can also be credited with uh, rehabilitative procedures and the introduction of a methadone treatment center on Rikers Island. So that's a big deal. That's a really fucking big deal because like harm reduction still has so much pushback. Oh, a lot of nimbyism. And Mm -hmm. and this was back in like the. That's what I'm saying, like, for this to be happening in Mm -hmm. the late 50s, early 60s is incredible. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, I don't know when the methadone clinic arrived, but yeah, still, it's way before today. It's a big deal. And it still gets pushed back. So good on you, Anna Cross. Yeah. So in October 2019, the city of New York passed a plan to close all jail facilities on Rikers Island by 2027. Like I said, it is now pushed back by one year so far. (laughs) Yeah. They are currently building... Mm-hmm. They are currently building what they call borough-based jails, which they say will be smaller in terms of the number of inmates, safer with modern facilities, and fairer, quote, changing the culture inside the jails, fostering community connections, and providing greater access to services. So borough-based meaning like there'd be a, the five a jail in the Bronx. There'd yeah. be a jail. In, okay. Okay. Which is Everywhere better for but families, Long Island. Too. It is like visitation. I mean, yeah. getting on Rikers, it's so overcrowded. And just being able to visit your loved ones yeah. who need, we remind you, are often not convicted, but just awaiting trial. Yeah. 85% until proven guilty. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you can't fucking get, you can barely get on the island because it's so packed. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can't get visitation. And people are there for months or Years. more. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Months yeah. if you're fucking lucky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck. So some famous Rikers inmates include David Berkowitz, the son of Sam. Mm-hmm. Mark David Chapman, the guy mm-hmm. who killed John Lennon. Mm-hmm. Sid Vicious, the guy who dried, died in that very dramatic fashion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy who the punk a lot guy. of mean hamsters are named after. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hamsters. Mm-hmm. Every hamster is a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So much Two- drama. <laughs> Tupac Shakur, DMX, Foxy Brown, and Lil Wayne. Wow. Mm. Quote, squalid and deadly, 
are two words used in an article in The Gothamist to describe Rikers. A lot of mm. the rest of my notes have to do with this article. I feel like that's gentle language, too, yeah. to be honest. Mm -hmm. Squalid and deadly. Yep. Very succinct, though. I liked how mm -hmm. it painted a picture. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. A video was obtained by the Gothamist in July 2022, which was prepared by the Board of Correction that showed, among other things, a man defecating in his shorts due to a lack of toilets in the intake area and then being left in his soiled clothes for 11 hours until another incarcerated person, not jail staff, brought him new clothes. Oh, my God. There are photos on the drive of everything that I'm about to mention, too. Mm -hmm. By the way... This trend of other inmates helping people mm -hmm. in, in crisis is a completely regular thing. because Oh, it's not even a trend. It's just survival. Right. This is how they fucking survive. Right. I'm saying the jail staff, they're, they're understaffed and they yep. work in such horrific conditions in a job that, frankly, nobody wants. That they're just completely inured to... The human suffering around them and mm. the dehumanization that yes. occurs essentially at their hands. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not mm -hmm. to mention COVID-19 knocked out a whole lot of their staff. Mm -hmm. Also in the video, a detainee locked in a cage shower for nearly 24 hours before he injured himself. We'll get back to that. And incarcerated people dragging sick people to medical care and even administering chest compressions themselves because assigned officers weren't present. There's a clip in this video where one of the inmates is screaming, get another Narcan and like I, doing mm -hmm. chest compressions. And there's yeah, just I, no like, staff in sight. Like hear this. Oh, it's. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, it gets worse. I know. It's just like mm -hmm. it's this is so fucked up. Yeah. Sorry. Per I don't usually like lose my shit, but. Oh, no, it's 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 perfectly ex it, it's necessary. Yeah. To have that mm -hmm. reaction. I mean, there's what other reaction can one have? The just the dehumanization is yeah. so thorough and and intense. it's so intentional. Yeah, yeah. It just yeah, it's it really it's fucked up. So, like I said before, critics argue that when prosecutors send defendants who wait sometimes years (plural years) before their court hearings, who often can't afford afford to pay their bail, they are essentially condemning them to death. Mm -hmm. And it isn't just the violence and the squalor, but it's also crumbling buildings and moldy food. So there's reports mm -hmm. of rotted floors, overgrown vegetation, pushing down fences and destroying buildings, mm -hmm. water damaged ceilings, holes in floors and walls, corridors full of trash, makeshift laundry rooms, fire singed security doors, overflowing toilets, to name so a few. So these, these kind of conditions can be deadly even after you get out. Yep. You know, like you don't yeah. have to be in there and die in there for your death to have been caused by these conditions. You can develop asthma, obviously, like COVID-19, any other kind of like, you know, contagious or respiratory illness. Like even mm -hmm. so yeah, even something more immediate, just like an infection, because a lot of yeah, these numbers sepsis. don't don't include people who died shortly after their release. Right. And, mm -hmm. the and the effect on your mental health, which we will yeah. get to. Suicide. Yep. And there's yep. one instance, which I have somewhere in my notes, where one of the jail officials let a, a guy out who was seriously ill just so that his imminent yes. death won't be counted Would, against yep. the oh, prison. Yeah. It's in. like that whole nobody dies on the grounds of Disney World. They'll just drag you away. <laughs> yeah. It's what? fucked up. Oh, yeah. 
There are no reported deaths within Disney World proper Mm -hmm. because they won't know where you did until you're off the premises. It might be a rumor, but I'm I'm choosing to believe it's real. Yeah. There's no way nobody's died in Disney World. I didn't say no one's died in Disney World. I said there are no reported deaths within the grounds of Disneyland or whatever. There's no one to officially determine that they're dead. Mm-hmm. Until they get them off site. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Disney crimes. Oh, yeah. Done. Done. Disney adults freak me out. And I'm sorry <laughs> if you are one, don't at us. Because I will I'm... never change my opinion on that. <laughs> and and I encourage you to address your lingering your trauma. trauma. <laughs> yeah, therapy is for everyone, but it is especially for you. God. <laughs> as much as the next person but Simba chef's kiss yeah when you're seven yeah but if you're an adult without any children and you're wearing all the Mickey gear and waiting in line red flags I'm sorry there's red flags there like what are you getting out of this I really want to know but also I don't want to know enough can be yucked Kenyon's officially I hate it so much I'm saying quiet <laughs> because I'm related to some Disney adults. <laughs> they don't listen. Not by blood. <laughs> Lucy's sister is just a closeted. She's Disney got her mi- Minnie Mouse ears. <laughs> Crying. <laughs> she only wears them at Rocking home. back and forth. <laughs> she dresses her cat up as the little Minnie, the little skirt. Okay, but that would be adorable. A dash here and there, fine, but mm-hmm. not the whole personality. I it's cannot. Little, it's, I mean, any any fandom where it just in, envelops your entire life mm-hmm. is not sus. healthy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's maybe mm. not healthy. Yeah, take a take a step back here, pal. Mm-hmm. All, right, All right, moving on back back to, to Rikers. Rikers Island. <laughs> we gotta oh, find the levity see. where we can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Once Amanda Di- starts crying, it's time to take a break. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Disney adult to Rikers pipeline is very intense. <laughs> yeah. It's flush. A witch is more tragic. It's very problematic. That's <laughs> <laughs> a joke. Oh my God. I love getting Amanda right when she's taking a sip. It's my favorite. <laughs> You're such a bad person. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. Oh. Like we said, most of the men and women held at Rikers are there pre-trial. They've not been convicted of their crimes and are only awaiting hearings on the disposition of their cases. Some have lived at Rikers for years. Recently, both the population and the average length of stay in city jails have both increased. Nearly 30% of the incarcerated population in the city has been in custody for more than a year. That's fucking bonkers. Disgusting. Like Just waiting to even, like, be convicted of any crime. Or not! Over over a half a million dollars per year to house these people. Mm -hmm. Who could be innocent and they're subject... Not that even if they were guilty, they should be subjected to these inhumane conditions, but, like... Mm -hmm. 
there it's before trial. It just right. a year. Like that is that's literally unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In 2021, 15 inmate deaths were reported. And so far in 2022, that number is 18, which is the most currently since 2013. I feel like 11 or 12 people have died in the Louisville metro jail in the last year. Mm-hmm. Like it's like an ins- for a small city compared to New York City, it's right. an actually like insane statistic. Well, there's a is- really obvious transparency issue with the yes. jails in New York City, Reporting which might and- not be applicable in Louisville. I mean, I actually think that like Rikers is a an exaggerated and magnetized look at injustices that are happening. Oh yeah. All over the country. And so, like, it might not be, quote, unquote, as bad in that Louisville jail, but it is fucking No, I said that to mean that the Louisville jail is... Doing this shit. Is per capita. It's fucking horrific, considering how small of a city it is compared to New York City and how many people have died in jail. So it's very important for us to, like... Remember that yes, this we're talking about Rikers specifically but today, like, but look this into is your applicable. local yeah. correctional yes. facilities because if it's, it's happening probably there, happening where you are too. It's fucking happening. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. In your state, it's happening. So, like I mentioned before, there have been cases of the jail commissioner pushing for the release of a very sick person so that their death is not added to the overall death count for the prison, the jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Yeah. Additionally, New York City's correction department was recently granted permission from a federal court to keep private their annual report on things like the number of weapons recovered, staffers who are out on sick leave. Also, a lot of these staffers have abused their sick leaves through mm-hmm. COVID-19, which mm-hmm. is exa- it's a, that's its own problem. Yeah, people mm-hmm. just aren't showing up for work. Mm-hmm. Force-related disciplinary cases and serious injuries to both incarcerated people and corrections officers. So mm-hmm. how this can be kept from the public, I do not understand. So their mm-hmm. claim when they when the judge approved this was that so nothing is taken out of context and this will give them the time to appropriately analyze the data and make recommendations before the public can be like, wow. This data is 30 really... people died under your watch, like as if that's jumping the gun. They're just mm-hmm. trying to slow roll people, f- journalists finding out and the public finding Correct. out how bad things are where they can have a bullshit plan in place to like appease people. But Thousand what is the point of conducting these studies if you're going to hide or manipulate the fucking results? Yep. Like, and then we are entrusting our fucked up justice system to mm-hmm. police itself and hand down any kind of accountability. Like, and no, even okay. for like investigators and journalists to be granted access to these places right. is nearly impossible. Everybody is like pre vetted mm-hmm. beforehand. It's just you got to question shit where it's like you're spending so much energy and so much time to cover this shit up. Yeah. There's a fucking reason for it. Mm-hmm. And if this is all the stuff we know, yeah, I'm scared to even think of what we don't fucking know. Yeah. Well, that's why this uh, big, this video that was obtained by uh, the Gothamist was like mm-hmm. such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's another fun fact. About 5,000 weapons were confiscated from the city jails in 2021. Mm-hmm. 
Long besieged by intractable problems, Rikers Island and the city's other jail facilities have been engulfed in violence and disorder since 2020, when, as we mentioned, an outbreak of COVID among correction officers hurt morale and led to chronic staff absenteeism. Mm -hmm. with, so few, with so few guards showing up for work, some detainees had been forced to go without food or medical care. So far this year, most of those who died were men and that overwhelmingly they were black or Hispanic, which reflects the population at Rikers. Mm -hmm. Most were suspected suicides or overdoses. One man choked on an orange and was not assisted by the officer on duty because that officer had some sort of some sort of order to not make any direct contact with the inmates. So he just sat and watched this person choke to death on an orange. Because they were understaffed, so the officer did wasn't able to like go into that room. Jesus I think so. Christ, mm -hmm. that's so needless. And <sighs> as I mentioned before, a lot of this year's cases involved other inmates trying to assist before the mm -hmm. staff intervened. Mm -hmm. Another woman who was about our age died because she couldn't get insulin during her intake process, which yeah. lasted like over a day there's a lot That's, of withholding of medications honestly everything that we're so talking about up. here also happens so much in like uh, ice detention oh yeah facilities oh my god yes with other innocent fucking people mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep yeah i mean that that it's so horrifying to think about being detained without access to your insulin like it's yeah. i can tell you that is such a painful and horrific way to die. Mm -hmm. It's so fucked up. Mm -hmm. Any of the a any of this is so fucked up. I can just like I having physically felt what like ketoacidosis feels like. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's unimaginable. Mm -hmm. During intake, during fucking intake. I mean, uh, yeah. I just I can't. I'm and just I imagine can't. the trauma of witnessing horrors like this inflicted upon the people around you even if you're not the one physically suffering it you're just seeing somebody else die like that i just don't know how anybody traumatic could stand by a system that would essentially sentence potentially sentence people to death mm -hmm. for like having some weed on them or some shit. Obviously, that's not the case in New York anymore now that stealing it's Stealing a but laptop. Like, yeah, a backpack. Getting into, like... Suspected like of stealing a backpack. Like a fight at yep. a, outside a club. Like... Yeah. Yeah. It's I, just... It's I absurd. know this person directly, but my friend went to high school with someone who, after, like, a year or two after high school, was having a house party in the city... And had invited some friends over and somebody showed up who was bad news, who was not invited to the party and like mm -hmm. was a troublemaker and started fights and whatever. And the, the guy whose home it was, whose apartment it was, was like, no, I don't want you coming Here. inside. I don't want yeah. you. Yeah, whatever. And they, it developed into a fight trying to keep him out of his space. Mm -hmm. And the the guy... Uh, the person whose home it was, like, just to defend himself, grabbed something nearby mm -hmm. as they were, like, brawling, and it was a pipe. Mm -hmm. And he, like, hit this other guy who had started, instigated the whole thing, was where he shouldn't be, was trespassing, everything. But because this other kid was black and had, like, a deadly weapon, mm -hmm. he was sent to Rikers mm -hmm. for... At least a year. 
Yeah, for defending himself. Yeah, on his own property. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 It happens a Every lot. fucking day. Overcrowding is also a major issue, but it seems like it could be just due to poor oversight and mismanagement. So, for example, in that Gothamist video, there are frames from July 19th that show a lot of men. And I have these frames. It looks like there's, I don't know, like 20-ish. In their street clothes, waiting together in an intake cell with two of them lying on the floor. Again, intake. Two days later, at this point, they had prison garb, but there were just as many of them. And then most of them are lying on the floor, which leads one to believe that they haven't been moved from this intake cell. There aren't beds. There aren't fucking beds. There aren't pillows. There aren't blankets. There's nothing. They're just bare on the floor in shorts One guy is barefoot. Yep. Yep. Um, At the same time, frames from other areas of the jail show, quote, vacant recreation spaces, both indoors and outdoors, in the mornings and the afternoons. It's not as if they don't have room for these people. Mm -hmm. They just don't. They want to dehumanize them during intake so that they know who's the boss. Mm -hmm. They just don't give a shit. Whether Mm -hmm. it's orchestrated in all cases or not, it's just Mm -hmm. mismanagement dehumanization, uh, it, uh, dysfunctionality. Mm-hmm. Um, so this isn't due to a lack of creatively repurposing spaces, though, since there are many instances of officers using deca- decontamination showers mm-hmm. as solitary confinement cages. And there's a right. photo of that as well. It's literally a cage box. You couldn't mm-hmm. even lay down in it and, like, stretch out. It's, like, no, only all a you few can do feet wide. Yeah. Holding oh. one inmate for nearly 24 hours, and that inmate was later removed from the cell on a gurney due to self-harm. hmm Oh, my God. And also, these de- decontamination showers, they use it to rinse, like, chemicals off when they have to, like, spray a Pepper bunch of spray people, people if there's, and, like, yeah. ha- have, like, a riot or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's not a comfortable, clean, <laughs> like, shower. It's a... I'm sure it's also used to just inflict discomfort or pain on people with too hot water, too cold water, like, mm-hmm. or just the solitary confinement, like this one uh, well, of surely many examples. A recent report from the mayor's office showed that just 7.2% of people in custody in fiscal year 2022 participated in programs, services, and activities. An average of just 133 were involved in recreation every day, despite a daily population exceeding 5,000. Yeah, and I have a feeling that's not because they're opting out. Right. Mm-hmm. Of their own accord. Mm-mm. Like, if they don't even have enough fucking staff to keep someone from choking to death on a piece of orange, mm-hmm. what kind of fucking programs and services could they possibly be offering in there? And mm-hmm. it's not due to a lack of fucking budget, I'll tell you what. Yeah, because our justice system, state by state, has the highest budget of anything, anything, in any fucking state. Look at any budget across the United States. That's where all your fucking tax money is going. Yeah, pe- keeping people in fucking cage showers, shoeless. So this last part is, um, there's a book called Life and Death on Rikers Island, and it's written by Dr. Homer Venters. He was the head of New York City's Correctional Health Services. He spent nine years overseeing the care of thousands of inmates in the jails on Rikers Island. Though he left Rikers in 2017, what he witnessed on the job has stayed with him. This is from an NPR article. 
So, quote, what's important to consider about jail settings is that they are incredibly dehumanizing and they do dehumanize the individuals who pass through them, says Dr. Venters. This is not really a true respect for the rights of the detained. He details how antiquated record systems made it so physicians frequently couldn't find inmates to administer their often life-saving medicines like fucking insulin. They would list who was located where on pieces of paper, Mm. which then necessitated delivery to other departments, which staff shortage, just general bullshit that we've talked about this entire time so far. They would lose people within these systems and people would get sick and die because their doctors couldn't find them. Oh, my God. Because it's not the case that zero people cared about these inmates. The people who did care, like this doctor trying to get someone their insulin, literally couldn't find them. Their patient. Yep. And that is on fucking purpose. It's unconscionable. Mm -hmm. If you think that this is an accident or just bad administrative management, it's fucking not. Mm Mm-mm. Because also, like, follow the money. Look how expensive it is mm-hmm. to keep an inmate on Rikers. Where's that money going? One inmate for a year. There's no way that an inmate living in these conditions sucks up food. over a half a million dollars. It's nope. not going to the facilities. It's not going to their safety. It's not going to their medicine. It's not going to other health care costs. What's it going Rehabilitation. to? Rehabilitation. And I'd be willing to bet after that inmate has entered Rikers, then essentially that funding is allocated. Mm-hmm. And so they're more valuable dead to the privatized institution mm-hmm. than they are alive. Mm-hmm. Because then you have to continue their care. You have to continue to feed them. Mm-hmm. You have to continue to clothe them, yeah. which they're barely fucking so getting it's anyway. It's a money suck. They just want the number of inmates. They don't want to actually care for them. I'm going to be so fucking drunk by the end yeah, of this episode. Fair. So Dr. Venters goes on to say in this interview, one data point that's really incredible to consider that there was a time when if an adolescent was in a violent conflict with someone in Rikers Island, if the conflict was with a correctional officer, then they were more likely to sustain a blow to the head Mm -hmm. than if the conflict was with another inmate. Weird. Uh Which is stunning because obviously correctional officers have enormous amounts of training about avoiding blows to the head. And you Mm. would think that most inmates fights start with a shot to the head. But that data point alone. They were like trained to do that. Mm -hmm. But that data point alone we could only do because we had developed this injury surveillance system. But that was one of the many that we pushed to the DOJ. He also goes on to say, the other big data set that we found very, very helpful is that we did a large-scale analysis, I think the first ever large-scale analysis of exposure to solitary confinement. Mm -hmm. We looked at 225,000 jail admissions, and we found that people exposed to solitary confinement had about seven times higher risk of being a self-harm cohort, that is to say, to physically harm themselves. Mm-hmm. That data set helped us really push the Department of Corrections to move from wanting more solitary confinement for mentally ill people duh, to actually eliminate the practice of solitary confinement with for persons with serious mental illness. Yeah, they certainly don't remove it across the board. And mm-hmm. solitary can cause mental collapse. Oh, yeah, it can absolutely cause it can be fatal. You don't even have to have a pre-existing condition for that exactly. to really fuck you no. up. Exactly. 
Exactly. Mm -hmm. So here's the last thing that Dr. Venters has to say in this NPR interview, just to close us out, because there was so fucking much I had to just shut myself off, mostly for my own self-preservation. Yep. The closing of Rikers is absolutely necessary. It's not sufficient to transform the criminal justice system in New York City to become more humane, but it is necessary. The jails that are in operation are crumbling. If you're a correctional officer, almost anywhere you work, any housing area, any hallway, any intake pen is so dilapidated and falling apart that inmates can easily arm themselves and do for their own protection with bits of hardened material that are broken off from walls, pipes, ceilings. I think the other important element to this is that we have to do much more work to lower the jail population. Mm -hmm. We've made great strides in New York City, more than most big cities have. There were probably 22 to 23,000 people in the jails when Rudy Giuliani was mayor. It's now under 8,000. So really incredible progress. But there is much more work that can be done to create alternatives that involve treatment for people with serious mental illness and also to really develop supportive housing, which is Mm -hmm. an important element to why people cycle in and out of jail. There's a lack of stable housing. Housing can also involve treatment for addiction and for mental health problems. We also need to speed up the court system. Like there needs there need to be more uh, trained and, you know, sufficient judges to actually like deal with these cases in a Mm -hmm. quick manner you know like it's also just like such a testament to decriminalizing things like being unhoused or Mm -hmm. being or or substance use disorder being mentally ill because just like the act of being on the street after x time of day Mm -hmm. and not having a fucking place to go and shelters are overrun like yeah that puts you like where that that you get arrested for sleeping on a fucking park bench, and then you're like, sent how do you here, even get out and of then that your mental cycle? illness and or addiction get worse, Pretty exacerbated? Yep, you're beaten, you're starved, mm-hmm. you're fucking sitting in your own shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and then I to just, protect yourself, you have to you have to resort to violence. Grab a piece of the wall that fucking and fell then apart. your charges get increased, or you die, or you're given a traumatic brain injury, or. And you know what? I wouldn't wish these conditions on the guards. Nope. Like, I don't even want anybody working in these conditions. Mm -mm. It's not okay for humans to be in this place. Period. Full fucking stop. Completely deplorable. Anyway, that's my segment. Glad this is the episode that I come back for. (laughs) Thanks, James. (laughs) Happy birthday. Should we take a a quick sponsor break? Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Tis the season for saving money wherever and however we can. Mm -hmm. I got a lot of lists and they are long. Yeah. And HelloFresh is going to help you out with that because HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% less expensive than takeout. So you can use those savings for holiday gifts or, as we do, to treat yourself. Mm -hmm. Also, if you're short on time, because who isn't during the holidays... You should look for HelloFresh's quick and easy options like 20-minute meals and easy cleanup meals. I love that they have thought of these things because I that know. is 
the number one. It's like, okay, maybe it is, you know, a not complicated recipe, but it takes four hours. No, thanks. I I have gifts to wrap. I have places to be. 12 bowls and like a hand mixer. Yeah. How long does it take to cook? But then how long does it take to wash up? Like you got to think of both here, people. And HelloFresh has. Yeah. The other night I made shrimp and asparagus risotto. Yes. Yes. Like, (laughs) get out. It also had Meyer lemon and Parmesan. Oh, well, you know my love of parm. Yes, I do. Mm. And let me tell you, when I confidently cooked shrimp for the first time in my life, Mm -hmm. I feel like I can do anything. I'm on top of the world. Absolutely. HelloFresh just, like, takes us out of our food rut. Yeah, it teaches you new ways to cook and dishes to assemble, and just it's not expensive. It's fast, it's easy, we love it. It's great. So go to HelloFresh.com slash GALS70, G-A-L-S-7-0, and use code GALS70 for 70% off plus free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash GALS70 and use code GALS70 for 70% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. If you've got family and friends coming over for the holidays, then you are already anticipating that, oh no, do I have enough food feeling. Yeah, you don't want to be like me and have one sleeve of Ritz crackers to offer your guests when they show up. Like, no, bad luck, people. It's not fun. It's anxiety inducing. Nobody needs it. Mm-hmm. And there is no need for it. You can get wild grain and you'll always have crowd-pleasing breads, bowls, pastries, pastas, cookies, mm-hmm. and more in your freezer ready to go. Wild grain is so bonkers delicious. Like, <laughs> I can't even describe to you. We have been surviving off of the stuff in our freezer from wild grain. It is so good. Wild Grain is the first bake-from-frozen box for artisanal bread. Plus, they have amazing rolls, pastries, and even handmade pastas. Every single thing that we've had from them has been phenomenal. Wild Grain uses only clean ingredients, such as unbleached and non-GMO flour, and utilizes a slow sourdough fermentation process that's healthier for you and tastes better than anything you can find in a grocery store. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. Plus, for every new member, Wild Grain donates six meals to the Greater Boston Food Bank. And they've donated over 120,000 meals so far. I love that. It's great. So this holiday season, Wild Grain is featuring delicious new limited time sweet treats such as pumpkin cinnamon rolls. Stop. Orange cranberry biscuits. Oh, my God. I've become a real biscuit lover. <laughs> and, um, hey, chocolate avalanche croissants. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Yum. all you have to do is sign up at wildgrain.com forward slash gals and choose which type of box you want to receive and how often. And it's really easy to reschedule, skip, or cancel if, if need be. So are you hungry already? For a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box plus free croissants in every box mm-hmm. when you go to wildgrain.com forward slash gals to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box. 
and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash gals. That's wildgrain.com slash gals, or you can use promo code gals at checkout and treat your bread. Yeah, treat your, treat yourself with carbs. Mm. Are we ready for my case? No. I yes. try. I mean, it's still sad. There is sadness involved, of course, because it's There's Rikers. There's always sadness. Yep. But I did try to find as lighthearted a distraction I could. Oh. I got very drunk during Lucy's segment. Yeah. So I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. There was one case that was more lighthearted that I didn't go with because, frankly, it was boring. It was about somebody that was, like, kind of Anna Delvey-esque. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, this long article about her, but she was just fucking boring. So, anyway. Okay. Mm, great. Here's my case. On September 27th, 1976, seven inmates on Rikers Island successfully carried out a seemingly impossible plan. In the early morning hours, still under the cover of darkness, they sawed their way out of the island's house of detention for men. I don't know. Kind of love it. Oh, uh, yeah. Rooting for (laughs) you. Obvious. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if we should root for these people, but when you're stuck on Rikers. I'm rooting for you. It's survival. Yeah. The escape took place across six cells of the same housing block where the men sawed through two one-inch steel bars near the floor of each cell. That's a lot of where, work. Where, like, the where the bar is most vulnerable, I guess. Sure. Because it's, like, mm. meeting the, the ground. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they saw just enough through these bars to be able to, like, squeeze through under... Mm -hmm. The seventh man made a dummy out of clothing and bedding to fool the guards at bed check. I mean, (laughs) classic. Classic. I love a good Clementine painted like a grenade. (laughs) Right. (laughs) This this escape is not nearly that inventive. This is much more classic. We're sawing Mm. through bars and using a dummy in bed. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Very Shawshank. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. So he, like, hid in the other men's cells and had his dummy in his room so that he could slip through this. They didn't have to saw the bars in his room. Okay. It would later be discovered that there was also an eighth man involved with the plan, but he only managed to saw through one bar and was thus unable to fit and unable to escape. Leave him behind. Yeah. We got work to do. Gotta go. Yep. So he was just caught with just a saw and one (laughs) bar missing. It's like, it wasn't me. Shit. (laughs) They were trying to saw into my room. Yeah. 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 (laughs) They went that way. (laughs) No, that. With the saw. (laughs) They went that way. (laughs) It's not an island. You can go any way. (laughs) So two of the seven men did not make it very far. Um, (laughs) I mean, they made it farther than the eighth guy who was caught in his cell with a half-sawed bar and a saw. But (laughs) still not great. So these guys who didn't make it far were 42-year-old Larry White, who was accused of killing two armored car guards in uh, Mm. a Times Square robbery that went awry, but again, accused. Mm-hmm. And 21-year-old Jesse Hammock. Oh. Quite- he was just laying around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
who was awaiting trial for armed robbery, uh, these two men were discovered around 6.40 a.m. clinging to the superstructure of the bridge that connects Rikers Island to the East Elmhurst neighborhood of Queens, like okay. the mainland. Spider-Man. That, they Sp- were Spiderman. clinging to the bridge That's like at when- 6.40 a.m. I was partying at Jessica's house. Mm-hmm. God yeah. rest her soul. <laughs> yes. And we got busted for our minors. Yep. And our friend Blitney, not Blitney, Blitney, yeah. <laughs> clung to the roof like Spider-Man waiting out the cops. Yeah. In January. Never it got worked. caught. It worked. Yeah. That bitch got away with it. She, yep. There was a house party. The cops arrived. She climbed out of the second floor bedroom window onto Honestly, the roof. She's also like now a professional MMA fighter. Uh-huh. This is like a point for exercise and sports. Yeah, like upper body get, strength, man. Yeah, I tried to get away with Kyle Green, and clearly that didn't work. No, did you get a minor? Yeah, I don't think that was at the same party though. There were a few like all right in a row that are, were basically were, at the same party, and oh, they, wow. and. For all instances, the cops only came because someone backed into their security panel mm. and only her mom knew what the code was to turn it off. That didn't happen the night that I was there. That was the neighbor. A, na- a neighbor yeah. called the cops the yeah. night that Whit- Whitney hit on, hit on <laughs> the roof. Privacy is very important. Yeah. To- yeah, 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 yeah. I tried to get away with Kyle Green. <laughs> anyway. Didn't Blarley Blall yes. run barefoot into the woods in thousand percent. January? He got away too. Yeah. He climbed percent. a tree. You yeah. just have He's to an want actual it badly lemur. enough. I had to go to rehab with my mother because I blew a point zero one eight. <laughs> <laughs> Almost got kicked out of show choir. <laughs> I really experienced a lot of consequences for that. No repercussions. Oh, because I was eighteen. You were eighteen, and you like were barely in extracurriculars. And I, I I wasn't in high school. I was eighteen. I was a freshman in college. Yours was after mine. Mine was like junior year. (laughs) And I missed Mm -hmm. most of these. Slash. I remember Mm -hmm. one time I showed up from like nine to. 10 13 p.m. Yeah. And then you I was a, like, you had a strict. I was curfew. like, I know that I know where this is going, and I'm not getting Bye. grounded for life. Bye. Oh. Okay. So <laughs> why did we start to oh Spider-Man? Okay. Spider-Man right. clinging. So two of these guys make it out of the jail, and mm-hmm. then they're found clinging on the bridge at 6:40 a.m., which sounds really awful. The other five were nowhere to be seen. So these were 32-year-old Ralph Scott, who was also charged in the Times Square murders, 38-year-old who was charged with rape, and I can't figure out what their actual name is because this is from a transcribed article from 1976, and all of the words are busted. Yeah, okay. No, it's <laughs> it's like all the letters are misread by the right. algorithm. Got it. So this person was charged with rape. 34-year-old Antonio Gonzalez charged with possession of narcotics and 27-year-old David Wanton and 26-year-old Azule Amante who were charged with robbery. Mm. It was possible, though unlikely, that they had managed to navigate the notoriously difficult waters around the island and swim to safety. Wow. Wow. That is unlikely. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, it's late September in New York. It's cold as fuck. So, like, 
during the day, maybe you could, the water would be okay, but not at night. That's not safe. No. Well, it's not safe in the you certainly weren't You should never be in the Hudson or East River ever. Absolutely not. You're going to get a rash. Still yeah. more comfortable than being in Rikers. Yes. Mm, true. But like swimming in September in those waters, no thank you. Well, you but have the, the opportunity. Poss- Better than January. Mm-hmm. They could have just walked probably. Oh, wait, it's the ocean. Never mind. Yeah, no, it doesn't uh, freeze the way that a lake does. But yeah, I get what you're saying. But the possibility also remained that they had not made it off the island at all. So mm. about 100 guards armed with clubs and state policemen with bloodhounds began searching the grounds around Rikers Jail. That's scary. Yep. Hate that. Mm -hmm. A police helicopter and harbor patrol boats were also brought in to search the shoreline of the island and the nearby mainland. The mystery of the escape deepened when investigators tried to figure out how exactly the men had pulled off their escape. Like, how did they fucking get the saw? And, like, shouldn't these bars in the prison not hold up like not be we should be able to hold up to yeah. yeah you shouldn't be able to take a fucking nail file and break out a goddamn and somebody prison. should have like heard them sawing or like notice like you know fucking shawshank yeah, it takes guards a while are fucking co's are so fucking bribable oh, like yeah. people are gonna turn the other way so also They're, like the most corrupt prison in the country right. there needed yeah. to be an investigation although when i was finding this case like a lot of fucking people have broken out of Rikers over the oh, years. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot. Mm-hmm. It's Most not Alcatraz. Most of them end up back in there. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it is a jail. Yeah. Not a prison. Yeah. So, a spokesman for the Department of Corrections said it appeared that the men had used hacksaw blades of, quote, high-quality steel to escape. But a conflicting report from the New York Board of Corrections stated that some of the bars had been cut with, quote, fine jeweler's wire. Ooh, jeweler's okay. wire which i'm Makes hoping sense. means that What's there was some that? sort of hobby or activity or class where you're, you're like sitting there beating jewel mm. like there wasn't but this is what i'm imagining but they weren't i'm sure it's fucking rikers but somehow right. they got fine jeweler's wire someone smuggled it in yeah. got it next actually though it was eventually determined that they had indeed used hacksaws and like the prison guard wasn't a prison guard was indicted on charges of providing fucking high quality steel hacksaw blades to these inmates. There it Mm -hmm. is. So a follow-up reporting on this escape is pretty scarce, but uh, because there were like a lot of escapes in the 70s. So this Mm -hmm. particular one drew my attention because of the men clinging to the bridge and the fact that there were seven of them. But like Mm -hmm. there were a lot to choose from. But a 1979 New York Times article mentions that two of the seven men were determined to have drowned. And I don't know if they actually found the bodies or if they just disappeared. They They were like, well, they drowned. Right. That's how we're ruling it. Yeah. So I don't know if that's possible to like make that kind of determination if you don't find the bodies. I mean, being declared dead. Right. Using just the information that is most... Yeah. Likely. So maybe they thing. made it. Yeah. I don't know. It's usually not that easy, but it might be different if they're a prisoner and they have mm-hmm. their own like kind of population oversight or like mm-hmm. reason to not want to be found. Right. It's also the 70s. So maybe there was different legislation on the books in terms of like what you need to be declared dead. Right. Sure. And to get a cause of death. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So, like I said, escapes from Rikers in the 1970s were not uncommon. The same 1979 New York Times article mentions that 39 inmates broke out in 1977 alone. Dang. Whoa. That's a lot. Yeah. And three of those drowned while trying to escape, which is tragic. And four remained at large at least two years later. Like, two years later, they did, like, an Damn, audit. they and, hadn't been found. And they four still had not been found. They were, like, oh, out. Shit. They fully escaped. One of the guys right. who died this year died from, uh, it was, like, s- attempted suicide slash attempted escape, and he climbed mm. a fence mm. and jumped over it and landed in the water, and they never found him. Jeez. Mm. It was, like, this year. Yep. So... 1978 was a rare, quiet year. Quote, the first time in memory that no escapes had occurred during that year, according to a Department of Corrections spokesperson. So they were like tooting their horn in 1978. We're doing great over here. Actually, maybe they did find this guy, but he was definitely dead. Okay. Okay. So don't at me. I think they found him. But things were back to normal by March of 1979 when seven men escaped by smashing a window and jumping to the ground. So just lots of getting out. Escapes from Rikers still occur today, but they tend to be much, much less dramatic. In June of 2021, a 21-year-old man named Josiah Prisak was being held at the Otis Bantam Correctional Center on Rikers Island. Prisak had pleaded guilty to attempted robbery and assault the previous week and was assigned to the facility to await his sentencing hearing at the Bronx Supreme Court, which had been scheduled Mm -hmm. for June 15th. So I think we said at the top that, like, Lucy, you said, like, 85% are awaiting trial and then 15% are are awaiting sentencing. Sentencing, yeah. Or they're serving a really short sentences because again jail not prison right right so if they were yeah they're sentenced to like seven days or something or nine right which is really common with like dui or drunken disorderly it's like you have to spend two weeks in like county jail right so he his sentencing that he's pled guilty but his sentencing is scheduled for june 15th on june 14th he managed to get released early by using the id number of another inmate who was actually set to be released that day. And so he oh just like God. stole that inmate's identity. So, Son of a bitch. Uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. You know what? I almost was like, wow, that wouldn't work today. But actually, oh, it super percent. fucking would. Yeah. Identity theft is a crime. Yeah. Millions suffer every year, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> and it's unclear whether or not that the other inmate like allowed out. it to happen. Doubt it. If they were supposed to be gone the next day, who is going to willingly swap their number? Well, there's also like Maybe they various were like levels of it. willing. Yeah, exactly. Like they could have been You're coerced right. into providing their ID. True. They, true. He could true. have stolen their ID. Or I think it's more it. likely that it was stolen without that person's yeah. knowledge. But yes. Or they could have been in cahoots and that person could know like, well, I'm going to be released. I am the correct person and once we draw mm. attention to this and they still have to release me mm. but i wouldn't what do i, I would i wouldn't want to risk that You'd if just i was be getting a head Rikers. start right yeah i'm so anyway. there was probably some coercion yeah mm-hmm. coercion collusion or fucking surprise 
So his escape was short-lived, though. He actually turned himself in the following night. Okay, because he just, like, knew it wasn't... He he was not getting far on as a runaway, as an escapee. So during a press conference about the incident, Peter Thorne, the Correction Department's Deputy Commissioner of Public Information, got to be one of the world's worst jobs, had stated, quote, we're working with our law enforcement partners to immediately return this individual to custody and conducting a full investigation into how this occurred. Like, yes, I feel like that's mm-hmm. probably just the standard response. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's the can- they're An- the canned. It's the canned Another Gmail fucking response. full investigation. It- right. Occurred. Yeah. A chemistry <laughs> occurred. <laughs> But Prisak's escape wasn't exactly an anomaly. He was the fourth inmate known to have been accidentally discharged from Rikers that year alone, 2021 alone. The paperwork system. Yeah. Everything is done on paper. Yeah. People just (laughs) get lost track of. Yeah. Paper in and when you're so overcrowded. Mm -hmm. And when your infrastructure is literally crumbling. Mm -hmm. Right. You're not going to get like high speed Wi Fi. No, there's in just all a of your ton buildings. of clerical errors. Well, and it's also the 70s, but like they no, certainly this was had. 2021. This is, yeah. What? Uh, that was the last year. Yeah. The seven men were in, were in the 70s. This oh. was a guy who just stole an ID in fucking 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it was the fourth person to have gotten out due to clerical error. This is year. what I don't this is what I don't get. Like okay, if we're approaching prison reform from like a very right-wing, well not even right-wing, but like a very conservative viewpoint where it's like we need to protect the public right. from XYZ. Mm-hmm. This system still sucks. Yeah, it's still bad. It's like, really fucking expensive putting- and bloated and yes. shitty. Mm-hmm. Why are we, why are so many fucking well because there's profit like I know why yeah. but so many powerful people put all of their fucking might behind the justice system as it exists now yeah and, and again that's like because nothing to so many prisons are privatized it. yeah it's insane mm-hmm. okay, so I'm fine <laughs> another person who escaped due to error. Um, in 2021, uh, one of these inmates had been 26-year-old man named Christopher Bugs. So we've got Hammock and Bugs. Bugs! I love Hammock and Bugs! <laughs> How do you spell Bugs? B-U-G-G-S. Oh, Bugs. Hammock well, and Bugs needs to be the next, like, A&E show. Well, I mean, I think they both were awaiting trial for a murder in separate instances. We don't know if they did it. Uh, uh, yeah. They had not been convicted. Hammock and Bugs. (laughs) Classic hammock and Bugs. Classic Bugs, am I right? So Bugs was being held awaiting trial on murder charges when he was accidentally released due to clerical error. (laughs) Bugs was on the lam for more than a month before the NYPD tracked him down and arrested him on first-degree escape for not turning himself in after his accidental no, release. No, you don't get to charge him yeah. with escape for taking the opportunity that was given to yeah. him to leave. Literally, Fuck they that. like came to him and released him and he knew he shouldn't be being released, but like... It's not his responsibility. No. They oh fucked up. God. Yeah. I can't. Mm-hmm. 
So Bugs's lawyer, Jonathan Fink, stated in an interview with the New York Daily News, quote, he didn't escape. He was let out of Rikers. He was released. Yeah, mistakenly. I don't believe he's done anything wrong. I don't know whether he was aware that he was supposed to surrender. They released him. Like, that's I, another good point. He might have just thought, like, I don't know how all this fucking trial shit works. I they would have just been like, I'm not supposed to be out. Yeah, I would never me. question that. I would never question also, that. Also, they wouldn't have even listened to him because the guards Absolutely and shit not. don't fucking listen to him. Because it sounds word. crazy. Well, I'm supposed to be in jail, I think. Well, Here. all the inmates are just considered inhuman. They're, no, they're not listened to. Mm-hmm. What was he supposed well, to do? Well, if he came as a civilian to a police station, they'd be like, we're not yeah. going to arrest. No, go right? home. Uh, we're busy. Yeah, yeah. Imagine you show up and you're like, so. I think I'm supposed to be in jail, but they released me from Rikers. But I think I'm supposed to still be there. They'd be like, you. Here's a psych <laughs> console. Yes. Bye. Yes. Yeah. I can't. Mm. I can't. The fact that he got in fucking trouble. So this, it gets even weirder and crazier. So the mistaken release had occurred after Bugs had, quote, hurled a crude sexual insult at a Brooklyn judge during one of these, like, pre-trial hearings. Uh-oh. Not great. The judge responded by sentencing him to 30 days for criminal contempt. And this is a separate charge from his awaiting murder charge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. It's just contempt. It's different. Yeah. Right. So the clerks at Rikers messed up Bugs's paperwork recording the 30 days as his sentence to serve. Oh. <laughs> rather than oh, holding no. him for his murder trial. So the 30 days were well, up and they were like... Well, it's a good thing he sexually harassed that judge. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> worth a shot. If you're awaiting Ghost. trial for murder, Ghost worth a show. shot... To just Shoot your be shot in criminal contempt. Shoot oh your God. shot. Shoot your shot. Just saying. Yeah. Like, don't you hurt a judge. 100% of the shots you but don't like, take. verbally insult a judge? Why not? Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So, Bugs and Pris. Next on our advice column. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fucked up system. Listen, this worked one time. <laughs> Who's to say it's not going to work again? So you're or steal someone's idea. there's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> so, okay, Bugs and Prisak, the two dudes in 2021, had both been held in the Otis Bantam Correctional Center, and a year after Prisak's escape, the Department of Correction announced that they would be, quote, immediately shutting down this housing facility due to the ongoing staffing crisis on the island. The memo announcing the closure stated, quote, Closing OBCC will allow us to redeploy staff where needed, consolidate and streamline operations, increase safety, and better serve people in custody. Mm-hmm. The announcement came three days after a member of the New York City Board of Correction had visited Rikers and noted deplorable conditions at the jail's intake unit, which we've covered, with, quote, more than 100 screaming men Ugh. held in pens for days on end as they awaited assignments to housing units. And this process is legally required to be completed within 24 hours by, like, the department, the right. the nationwide Department of Correction. And they were just being held there for days. Right. They don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Well, the man who p- pooped his pants was 
yes. only in the intake set cell. Right. So it's not even a toilet in there. Right. So we've already covered this. Like the detainees had limited, if any, access to bathrooms, medicine, phone calls, and some of them missed their court dates because of issues with staffing and transport. And I don't think that they got any kind of like leeway for having missed their court dates, even though they physically were detained and not able, not allowed to make those court Jesus appearances. Christ, that's so fucked up. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the DOC claimed that closing the Otis Bantam building would help them better address the conditions on other parts of the island. But actually, the facility's closing caused its own controversy because, like, there's one less facility to hold people in. So the other facilities are more crowded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, under the Renewable Rikers Act of 2021, which was signed into law by everybody's favorite former mayor, Bill de Blasio. Why is former mayor Bill de Blasio like the worst aspiring DJ Bill de Blasio? (laughs) Former mayor turned SoundCloud DJ Bill de Blasio. I don't know why everyone hates him so much. Like, Wouldn't we argue that Giuliani was way worse? Oh, well, sure. But yeah, Giuliani yes. like knows who he is. Well, he also gets the 9-11 Bill de Blasio. Cred. Yes, Bill de Blasio. Everyone just hates Bill de Blasio. I think mainly because of how he ate pizza on the John's, on the Daily Show. It was not good. It was I'll never not recover. good. And he was very I'm, sexual. It was not right. So glad I've. <laughs> not been embroiled in that specific oh, turmoil. I'll send you the clip. I think this it's is very unfair to be honest, converter. but I don't know. Maybe he also, I wasn't living in the city, so I don't know. Maybe he was an asshole. The, new, the new mayor is an is asshole as well. Still so trending. It's fine. Listen, everyone's garbage. Yeah. So the DOC, all of Rikers Island, (laughs) literally. So the DOC is required to turn over any unused buildings to the city as part of a plan to eventually close the long trouble jail complex and turn the island into a green energy hub. But like, uh, again, don't hold your breath. Yeah, the whole thing was about like renewable resources on that island. Like it was made out of ash to begin with. Yeah, it's well, and maybe you don't launch a like green energy campaign on like forced slave labor in prison jail. Also, like, can we just have fucking doable goals? Like, right, it's gonna be so hard to fucking close this place. Can we not like reach for Mars? They needed, like, the, they needed those buzzwords. They needed yeah. green, renewable energy. Oh. Like, it'd be good enough to just close it. Like, can we just get there? We just, yeah, we don't, we're not even asking for renewable yeah. energy. <laughs> right. We just want to. I don't close even it. need solar panels yet. I just need it's not fine. human rights not violations. Rikers. Yeah. I just, I'm only asking for not Rikers. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Like, everything all else I want would for be Christmas a bonus. is not Rikers. Yeah. Oh, Oh my God. So the DOC claimed that they couldn't turn the building over as required because they still needed it to house inmates again in the future, which is exactly the opposite of the order to close the fucking building. Yeah. No, we can't close it because we're going to keep using it. (laughs) Because we're going to need it. Yeah. Because we're going to keep doing Rikers. So. We're going to keep Riking. Yeah. We're going to. We Rike this. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
So the DOC commissioner, Louis Molina, argued, quote, we have had an average daily population of approximately 5,500 people. Today, our census is a little over 5,600, so it would not be logical. Daily? Daily. So many people. So it would not be logical for us to have a facility and transfer it over to the city when there's a possibility that in the future we may need that capacity, end quote. And the reason it needs to be shut down is because they're so over capacity that the facility is so fucking grossly inhumane that they've this been so ordered stupid. to shut it down. And they're saying we can't because we have a so lot of people we need to put in here over capacity. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. But they're not technically over capacity. Like we talked about the people with all the vacant Areas. Yeah, but those areas have not been converted into livable spaces. Right. So they are over capacity. There aren't beds. Right. Like, there aren't the, beds in anywhere are, except well, the there cells. Well, there also just aren't like enough, like it's staffing too. It's like how, like mm-hmm. when you run out of hospital beds, it's not even the physical bed that is the issue. Right. It's right. the fact it's that you don't the have doctor, the staffing. You don't have a doctor. You don't I'm have saying yeah. that this specific quote is bullshit because. Right. Ten years ago, there were twenty-two thousand people on imprisoned on that island, right. and now they have fifty-five hundred. And you're still whining about it? It's like, all fucking bullshit. figure it out. They just want to keep it open and keep fucking profiting off yeah. of it. That's I it. know. Yeah. So it's all bullshit. Melissa Locken, an environmental justice lawyer and member of the Rikers Island Advisory Committee, stated in an interview, "Quote: The fact that they're closing a facility and refusing to transfer it is really concerning." Delays are inexcusable. The intention behind Renewable Rikers is to ensure Rikers does close. It Mm -hmm. is uninhabitable. It is a human rights violation in its very existence. We know the conditions of the facilities are abhorrent, end quote. Fucking period, full stop. Yeah. Like, which we've covered. So, like, kudos to you for trying to escape because it's inhumane. And, uh, yeah, I mean... I couldn't blame anyone in there for any reason for wanting to get the fuck out. Yeah. I can't. I can't. Yeah. Let alone for not turning themselves in when they've been let out. And this is also what's so fucked up about it, too. Or for there not being a bus to the courthouse on their trial day. Right. Is that, again, this is what's so stupid about the folks that want to keep places like this operable is that, like, their whole argument is we have to keep dangerous people off the streets, blah, blah, blah. Okay, then keep actually dangerous people. Like this is not helping keep dangerous people off the streets. Well, some not, of these not, some of these people, if they committed the crimes that they are being course. charged for, but those are dangerous majority, crimes. Of but course. not all, you know. But like the overcapacity, because so many are not dangerous criminals, mm-hmm. is creating an environment. Mm-hmm. That is vulnerable to escape mm-hmm. and to all kinds of fucked up shit. That will and make more the violence. public less safe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen The Night Of on HBO? It's like a no. limited series. It came out like full, I want to say like three or four years ago. Is that the one with the cute guy, Rez yes. Ahmed? Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I want to see it. It's really fucking good. And basically, he was involved possibly in a murder, possibly. And he gets sent to Rikers. And he gets totally eaten up by the system. And mm-hmm. by by the end... It's like it's never even really an issue whether he's actually guilty or not. The whole show is about how the system turns, turns him, him into, into a criminal. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And it's really fucking good. 
And frankly, the system turns the guards into criminals too, whether or not they're ever charged Mm -hmm. with anything. Right. Yeah. They act with impunity. They're hardly ever charged. I mean, this is. There have been a few really high profile charges of those officers, Mm -hmm. but they're obscene Mm -hmm. the 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 shit they get away with. I know that a lot of people have risk of really horrendous violence too. Nobody should be have to work in those conditions. No. And I know people have like polarizing responses to all cops are bastards, but like this is what that means is that it is a system built to create yeah this like dehumanization Where These even folks, if you want to be a nice guy yes how can you, you fucking can, do you that in your one person how do you fight against the whole system you and have if to you try to fight within it, that system mm-hmm. and if you try to fight against it you are targeted yeah you're punished so you're, yeah. it's all gotta fucking go it's a rotten tree any who'll be so that is my case I got as I went as lighthearted as I could. You did good. You did good. You gave us a brief respite, yep. and let's take a quick sponsor break, and then we'll get to my the tragedy. worst thing ever. Yep, yep. my <laughs> I have tried everything to get silky, strong, healthy hair, and when I say everything, I mean everything. I have the world's thinnest hair. A like a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> it's kind of. I'll try anything. You have a lot and of great assets. Hair is not one of them. The hair is not one of them. Yet. No. Yet. Well, I mean, yes, I have found something that improves it, which is not uh, mayonnaise or avocado or just any other food stuffs rubbed into your scalp. Yeah. It. Yeah. It's not great. So if you are tired of those ineffective hair treatments and are hungry to try something that actually works and that isn't out of your pantry... Give Vegamore a try like I did. Vegamore has transformed my hair. Their clean and vegan approach to hair health uses smart botanicals that promote visibly thicker, fuller, longer-looking hair. I can absolutely tell when I've been using Vegamore for a few days to wash my hair. Mm-hmm. Like, it's obvious. With help from Vegamore, get healthy, beautiful-looking hair without the use of harmful chemicals. All their products are cruelty-free and never contain potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. It also smells really good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Vegamore has something for everyone looking to improve their hair health. Their Grow Revitalizing Shampoo and Conditioner Kit works together to create visibly thicker hair and improve hair from the roots. You just massage the shampoo into your scalp for like a minute which is, mm-hmm. it's spa. I love it. Mm-hmm. And then you follow up with the conditioner on the lengths and ends. It is as simple as that. I also use the hair serum. Yep. For, for my, little, my little sparse patches. I <laughs> especially love the lash serum. Oh, to yes. Grow the eyelashes. Because and brows. And brows. Mm-hmm. Brows are very important. Do not overpluck those brows. But if you no. have, use Vegamore. Um, yeah, Vegamore has just become my go-to shampoo and conditioner as well, even though I have naturally pretty thick hair, but I'm trying to grow it longer. And it's hard to keep it healthy when you want to go long. So Vegamore helps with that. With Vegamore, there is no risk when trying because they have a 90-day money-back guarantee. But with 91% of customers saying they saw visibly thicker hair with Vegamore in just three months, you won't want to run out. So give your hair exactly what it's been craving with Vegamore. Go to vegamore.com slash gals and use code gals, G-A-L-S, 
to save 20% on your first order. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash gals, code gals to save 20% at vegamore.com slash gals. And treat your hair. Treat it. Holidays are one of the busiest and most stressful times of the year. Mm -hmm. You're telling me. But the gift of therapy has allowed all of us to enjoy the holidays for the first time in years, like thoroughly relax and enjoy them Mm -hmm. thanks to Talkspace. Talkspace offers both therapy and psychiatry from the comfort of my phone, and I can reach out to my provider anytime it is millennial approved. Mm -hmm. It's like having a little homunculus mental health professional in my pocket. (laughs) Whether I'm stuck at my in-laws or I'm traveling, taking care of my own mental health has never been easier. Yeah, and like Lucy said, therapy has been a game changer for me as well. Um, Talkspace has really helped me figure out how to set healthy boundaries with my family this holiday season. Um, I've gone through some very exciting new life changes. I have a new baby. I'm going back to work. Lots happening in addition to just run-of-the-mill holiday stress. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm only human. I I need therapy to, to help me get through it all and think through it all and like process what it means to be a person on this blue dot, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that with Talkspace, you can easily sign up online and share text, video, or voice messages, whatever is best for you that day. Like, you don't need to just lock into one kind of communication tool with your therapist. Like, you can change it up depending on how busy you are or if you're traveling or if you're running around or what what you feel your needs are. If you maybe you're craving a video uh, chat or if you are on the go and you just want to shoot off a text while you're maybe in the bathtub. You know, (laughs) whatever's best for you that day. And it's incredibly convenient to have like therapy sessions kind of on the go. Like you could literally be in the car on a road trip, sitting passenger seat and like texting your therapist. It's It's amazing. It's so great. So as a listener of this podcast, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash gals. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com forward slash gals to get $100 off your first month and show your support for this show. That's Talkspace.com forward slash gals and treat your brain. Treat it. Let's talk about grooming for a minute. You know, hair is hair, right? We all have it in practically all of the same places. We're mammals. We're mammals. Uh, So why, as a man or a woman, are we told that we have to groom in a certain way with, like, these gendered tools on the market? Like Like, pink razors? Yeah, enough with the pink razor tacks, enough with, like, charcoal-infused man. (laughs) No, (laughs) it shouldn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just trying to groom your body. And so as a woman specifically, like we are told sometimes to undergo painful and expensive processes like waxing and laser, but our body hair isn't any different than a man's and anyone in between. So who is to tell us how we should groom our body hair anyway? Yeah. Down with the gendered grooming stuff. Yeah. And up with the Meridian Trimmer. This high-quality grooming device is fitted with safe ceramic blades and designed for all body and hair types. 
It helps you smoothly cut through your hair without nicks and cuts, even in the most sensitive areas. I have had a Meridian trimmer for like the better part of a year. Way before and I, they became a sponsor. Yeah, I'm, I'm an authentic, genuine fan of this. It is really nice to just clean up a little bit down there and not be worried about hurting yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's the last thing you need. Yeah. You gotta protect I, your bits. I just really like it. Um, it's water resistant, so you can use it in the shower. It's really, it's really, really nice. So we have partnered with Meridian Grooming to grant you an extra 10% on this trimmer using the coupon code GALS. That's M-E-R-I-D-I-A-N grooming.com slash gals for an exclusive 10% off. And you know, society's attitude towards body hair is changing and Meridian is ushering in a new era of inclusive grooming along with it. Their mission is to help you feel confidently yourself however you choose to take care of your hair. So one more time, that's gals at meridiangrooming.com for an exclusive 10% off and treat your hair. All right, are you ready for yeah, my case? Absolutely just, not. I, I don't know. Definitely mean, not. Of course no. No. And like, this is just the worst case. Everything is dust. Buckle up and huge blanket trigger warning. This story contains self-harm, suicide, all the bad things. Violence against children. Yeah. So this is a very famous story and has shined a massive spotlight on the horror of Rikers and like our entire justice system. And I will include some resources at the end of how you can get involved in dismantling that system. But we just, we got to, we have some, to talk about it. Some people might not have heard about this case somehow. Yes. And so a lot of folks I'm sure have buckle heard about up. It. So yeah, Khalif Browder was just a 16 year old child. He was born May 25th, 1993. He was a Gemini. He's younger than my sister. Yep. When he was picked up by NYPD on May 15th of 2010, just before his 17th birthday, literally 10 days before his birthday, for allegedly stealing a backpack. Wikipedia has a whole breakdown of the arrest, so I'm just going to refer to it here because I can reframe it to be more clear. So, quote, Police officers were responding to a 911 call placed by Robert Batista about a theft of a backpack containing a camera, $700 cash, a credit card, and an iPod Touch. So, like, there were a lot of valuable things in this backpack. An iPod Touch. I know. Valuable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 2010. Come on. Batista had said, quote, two male black guys, they took my brother's book bag. So it wasn't even his bag. It was his brother's bag. And also, like, he doesn't know who did it. Nope. Like, that's a v- extremely vague description. Correct. Browder told the attending police officers, quote, I didn't rob anyone. You can check my pockets. So when they picked him up, he was like, I didn't do this. Look through my stuff. I don't have any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So the police searched Browder, but they did not find the backpack or any of the items wherein. Batista, who was sitting in the backseat of a police car while they were searching him, identified Browder and his friends as the thieves. Yeah, because yes, they're those being black searched, kids. Yeah. Which it's like with a police lineup. Like if you mm-hmm. are told before you do a fucking lineup identification who the police think did it Mm. then you're more likely to identify that person so if you see someone being like searched and harassed by the police you're more likely to think 
that they, that they did committed it. a crime. Yep. So Batista said the theft had occurred two weeks earlier, but Batista's testimony of the date of the theft varied between interviews as well as other aspects of his story. Initially, Batista implied that the robbery occurred the night of the 911 call, but then upon questioning by officers at the scene, stated that the robbery had occurred two weeks before he called it in. At the scene, Batista also implied after questioning that someone had merely tried to rob him and may not have even succeeded in stealing his brother's backpack. So, like, we don't even know if a crime has taken place fully. So he might still have his own fucking backpack? Yeah, and apparently with we don't the, have with all these goodies in it. Just and like, apparently we don't have the police fortitude, even with the most inflated budget of any other service per state, to actually determine whether or not the backpack was ever stolen. Yeah, but we should still, we still don't have that information. Children Correct. for a crime that we that don't know happened. even was committed, let alone have any clue that they are guilty of. Uh huh. Yeah. Furthermore, on the initial police report filed after the arrest, Batista indicated the robbery had occurred on or about May 2nd, but then Batista later told a detective that it happened on May 8th. So, like, this person really does not have all the details it's and like a, a life week later. So there's, yeah. it's, there's no direct victim. Nope. There's no eyewitness. It's not a violent crime. It's not a violent crime. There's no evidence let alone that he actually physical did evidence mm-hmm. and there's no real description of the alleged perpetrator yeah they picked up a random person black guys who yep. was a child mm-hmm. for a crime that may or may not have been this committed. is even That's worse what than here. i i thought i it's I so thought bad. i knew it's about worse this than case you... but it's even worse than i knew remember yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the police told Browder that he'd be taken to the precinct and questioned, and then they'd let him go home. Browder and his friends were taken to the 48th Precinct Police Station, where they were fingerprinted and kept in holding in a holding cell for a few hours. Now, I'm not sure the outcome of the, like, quote-unquote, accomplices to this crime that were taken mm-hmm. in. Basically, from here on out, we're only focusing on Khalif Browder. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that the other folks that were quote unquote involved alleged were, to have been involved. Al- in, yeah, that's in what I mean by like heavy crime. Crimes. Yeah. Right. Were probably pled out mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. went about their life, which is a whole other fucking travesty of our criminal it justice is. system. And we'll kind of get to that in this story too, because he, you know, Khalif was offered these plea deals and he's like, fuck no, I didn't do this. Yeah, so I'm not going to no say evidence. I fucking did it. Yeah. Which is what I would have been inclined to do, too. I'm also not a black boy. Right. No. And also, it's worth mentioning, and this will come up many times, this case never went to trial, ever. Mm -hmm. No trial ever happened. Mm -hmm. So, taken to the 48th Precinct Police Station, they're fingerprinted, they're kept in a holding cell for a few hours, then they're taken to the Bronx County Criminal Court. He's from the Bronx. This all went down to the Bronx. If it ever happened. Right. If it right. I'm just going like, to keep the, the, saying that because it's I mean, like, so infuriating. This, the case yeah. of him being, you know, yeah. unfairly stopped, found with nothing and brought into the police station all happened in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. They were processed at the court's central booking. And 17 hours after the arrest, Browder was interrogated by a police officer and a like county prosecutor. 
The following day, Browder was charged with robbery, grand larceny, and assault. Because he was on probation, which we'll get to, Browder was not released. At his arraignment, he was charged with second-degree robbery, and bail was set at $3,000. With a bail bondsman, the amount needed to, like, initially get him out was $900, and Browder's family could not raise this amount Mm -hmm. on their own. So they borrowed money from a neighbor, like the community pitched in. Mm -hmm. They brought, they got, they connected with a bail bondsman. The bail bondsman was like, we will pay for this. You have to give a down payment of $900, and then you pay off the rest. They showed up with the $900. They meet the bail bondsman. They go to post bail, but they're told that because Khalif Browder was on probation from his prior felony conviction, which again, we'll get to, his probation officer had placed a probation violation hold on him so that posting bail, even though they'd already connected with a bail bondsman, reached out to their community, scraped together this money. Did all this work. Did all this work. There is no, they can't post bail. Posting bail is not going to get him released from jail. And so they weren't uh, informed of that ahead of time to save all of that fucking relief. Nope. Mm -hmm. So he was taken to jail at Rikers Island to await trial and resolution of his pending probation violation. So yes, Browder was was on probation from a previous arrest where he allegedly took a joyride in a bakery truck when he was 15, which like, me and Blortney fucking did that, that shit. Sounds with really fun. Yeah, like, I know. Yeah. Don't you're also do fourteen. That? Fifteen. You have fifteen, but yeah, one we did third that of a brain. Yeah, your yep. brain, your impulse control is not there. Well, that and Khalif Browder asserts that he didn't actually get in the truck at all. He was just <laughs> like another, with his friends. His another friends, case of bi- wrong wrong place, wrong time. Oh God. That he was there, that he was a bystander to this happening, but that his friends were the ones who drove and crashed the truck. But nevertheless, he was tried as an adult at 15 for having friends who did something and for doing something stupid that he might not have even fucking Mm -hmm. done. But he pled out. Mm -hmm. So he pled guilty so that he wouldn't have to go to fucking jail or prison. Mm -hmm. And instead received probation and had to register as a youth offender, Mm -hmm. thereby making any future incidents or alleged incidents even more vulnerable to heavy handedness from the state, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what happened here. So do we think that the police were the ones who kind of zeroed in on him before what's his name? Batista, like, identified him. I listen. My answer. Yeah. Mm hmm. Like a thousand percent. Here is now a quote unquote repeat offender. Right. Easy to point a finger at. The cops might do be I aware have, of. Do I have any information to support that? No. And I have to honor yeah. the, that I do not have that information. Right. But just based on my personal, well, very I'm low opinion of police, I don't, th- I wouldn't rule out that possibility at all. So we now have a 16 year old child sitting in one of the most notorious, notoriously dangerous, overcrowded, unsanitary, and violent detention centers in the country, possibly the world. Being housed with adults. Yep. He was not spared from any of this because of his age. Browder said inmates washed their own clothes with just like bar soap in a metal bucket, causing rust stains on all of their clothes. Browder's mother began visiting him every week and providing him with clean clothes and snack money. 
And to avoid becoming a target of other inmates, he slept on top of his belongings, including his metal wash bucket. Yeah, because he didn't want to go without even nope, that. He can't, yeah, also, he can't, can't not clean himself. From rust? Absolutely. Absolutely you can. If it gets into your bloodstream. Well, right. yeah, I mean, it, it could. This is an increased risk. He's washing his all of I'm his not belongings. That it's no, not. I know yeah. you're not. Yeah. I know you're not. This is like... The, this just add that to the list of fucking health code violations. Well, like, I ha- like the, one of the pictures I have on the drive from my case was a makeshift laundry room. Yeah. You can mm-hmm. see what he's talking about. It's filthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this that's is, getting and, it clean. God, and they're letting they're letting inmates sit in their own feces and urine mm-hmm. for days. Mm-hmm. And the only option to get clean is to wash your clothes with bar soap mm-hmm. in a rusty bucket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How the fuck is this allowed to happen on American soil? Mm-hmm. Like in the what 21st the fuck? century. So it's not just other like inmates, obviously, that he had to protect himself of. And there's one occasion that I'm going to reference here, but there are like multiple occasions of this. Mm-hmm. On one occasion, he and other inmates were lined up against a wall by COs, correction officers, who wanted to find the instigator of a fight. So, like, we don't even know among all of these people. Because lining people up and making them tell is always going to work. Right. Yeah. So Historically, never failed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So Browder's part of this group of people who have been lined up, put against a wall, they're physically assaulted, so they're punched one by one, like, in the face. Like, what, Lucy, you were referencing earlier with, like, the head trauma injuries. You're, the adolescents are more likely to be, are more, if if they've been hit in the head, it's more likely that it was by a CO yeah. than mm-hmm. a different inmate. Yeah, and so we just have a whole group of people that may or may not have been part of or instigated a, a fight in the jail. So to in response to an alleged fight, let's fucking beat them all up. Correct. Till they single one out so we can beat that one up more. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Browder said, quote, their noses were leaking, their faces were bloody, their eyes were swollen, like talking about all the people in this line. Mm-hmm. The guards threatened the inmates with solitary confinement if they reported their injuries. Yep. On September 23rd of 2012, a video was recorded and then subsequently released, like leaked, showing Browder in handcuffs being assaulted by guards. So he's cuffed and being beaten. A 17-year-old kid. Yep. Uh, Yeah. At that point, he's 17. He's still a fucking child. And has been in there pre-trial for over a year. Yep. And like fights are almost impossible to avoid and break out for all kinds of reasons. And you can again like be caught in the wrong place at the wrong time, and then all of a sudden, like you're you've been you're in involved it. in a fight, and you're a violent inmate, and you've broken parole, and blah blah blah, blah and you're like, how am I supposed to avoid it? I'm in this crowded ass room. Well, and mm. people are beating and the shit, shit out of me. I'm just supposed to just sit here and not like defend myself yeah, at all. Right? Like, uh, there's no fucking winning. And if you are found to be the instigator or frankly just involved in any way, you're thrown in solitary and there are also like additional charges racked up on you, all all the things. Mm -hmm. So while Browder was in Rikers, again, not convicted of any crime, simply awaiting trial, he spent about two years in solitary confinement. Jesus fucking Christ. While there, he was not safe from violence, but rather beaten by guards instead of other inmates. 
I was going to say, that then when you're isolated, anyone can just come you're in. You're a target. Women are raped in solitary mm-hmm. all, frequently. Mm-hmm. Men are. I'm sure men are as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. People mm-hmm. are raped yeah. and just abused because they're you know, then you're alone. Yeah. yeah. Who's going to see it? He spent years alone eating rotten food in a dirty cell and was only allowed to read some books and study for his GED because oh he still God. wanted to fucking finish high school. So all in all, Khalif Browder was in Rikers for three fucking years serving time for a crime he wasn't even convicted of. Which may not have ever happened. That may not have ever happened. Just waiting for a trial that also never happened. And the crime was not violent. Nope. It's a backpack. Mm Mm-hmm. It's an iPod touch. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But get it right. Yeah. Fucking so three years. Yeah, two, two of which years in solitary. Spent in solitary. Yeah, that alone I cannot fathom. It's horrific. Like, even if can't... he was, even if it was three years of involuntary detention in the world's nicest facility, wouldn't matter. It's still unconstitutional and a human rights violation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely correct. So, like, let's get to that whole. Also, he was trial a minor and he was questioned without a parent or legal guardian. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Kick this he was whole fucking thing 16 off. when they picked him up for this. It's completely ridiculous. It's not fucking legal at all. Well, it is. That's the problem. Well, right. But like, I mean, it's legal in the sense that we don't care enough to fucking do anything about it. It's legal. That it's not constitutional. Right. So let's get to the whole trial that never happened part. So Browder was appointed a public defender, a man named Brendan O'Meara. Cases like these are super common in big cities, like someone stole my backpack, someone stole my purse, blah, blah, blah. So this case was considered to be pretty straightforward, something that could be like resolved either way mm-hmm. pretty quickly. But the backlog of cases in the Bronx County DA's office was so massive that Browder's trial kept being kicked down the calendar. So it would take 74 days after his arrest for Browder to even go before a judge at all in the first place. And when he did finally go before a judge in July of 2010, he received his official charges of secondary robbery and assault because Batista claimed that he was punched during the theft. So they just slapped on an assault charge. During the theft, which he doesn't know which day it took place. And it was his brother. Like, it's just all over the place. We don't even know if it happened. Was it Batista's backpack or his brother's backpack? Mm -hmm. We don't fucking know. Mm -hmm. It's so stupid. Mm -hmm. Browder entered a not guilty plea and was denied bail and sent back to Rikers because of that whole probation thing. He was supposed to go to trial in December of 2010, but the date was pushed. Then a month later, in January of 2011, now he's been in Rikers for 258 days. Browder appears again in court, but this time the prosecution requests a deferment because they weren't ready to present their case. Oh, my God. Mm. Oh, (laughs) that's nothing. They don't go back to court until June of 2011. From January? From January to June, where they once again, the prosecution asks for more time. This time they're like, we need a week. They should not be allowed to do that. Oh, shouldn't they? Because they get a month, go back to court on August 24th, say once again, we're not ready, ask for a day. Don't go back to court until November 4th, 2011. So they ask for a day in August. 
and got until November. So they know they, what they're doing. They're like, absolutely. we just want a day. It's a reasonable request, blah, blah, blah. But they know that the court system, the it's scheduling is so day. fucked mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <gasps> they go back on November 4th, 2011. Ask for more time. Trial is delayed until December 2nd of 2011. They show up. They're still not ready. They request January 3rd, 2012. At what point is the prosecution in fucking contempt of court? You keep showing I mean, up to my courtroom yeah. not and ready. And you don't, you're not ready you because you have no fucking time. evidence. Yeah. You have no evidence. That's why you're not fucking ready. Yeah. Like you can it blame it on the backlog. never happened. Yeah, precisely. Like the backlog can contribute to this, but I think it's very fucking clear that the prosecution didn't have a case. Yeah. And so they just kept kicking the can down the road. Mm-hmm. And this kid is suffering. So Browder was offered deals to skip trial altogether and plead guilty yeah. and serve three and a half years. They're just trying to get him to, to plead out. Which at that point has almost been time served. Yep. But he's like, fuck this. I didn't do this. So he refused. And mm-hmm. I don't blame him. Yeah. Mm. He's standing by his innocence. Well, it's also a second felony charge. Yep. On his, on his record. record, and he knows, like, three strikes, you're out. If you get a third strike, I don't know if this is still true in New York, but in some places, mm-hmm. they have the three strikes law, and if you get a third strike, then you're sent to prison, like, forever. He's a young black boy with a felony conviction already on his record for a crime he may or may not have committed already. And now he's potentially seeing a second one while he's trying to fucking get his GED. He doesn't want that shit on his record. He wants to have a fucking life. God forbid he has like self-respect and wants and knows his truth and is trying Mm -hmm. to stick up for that. So the prosecution continues to delay trial. Quote, on June 29th, 2012, Browder's record showed the people not ready request one week. September 28th, 2012, the people not ready request two weeks. November 2nd, 2012, the people not ready, request one week. December 14, 2012, the people not ready, request one week. What the fuck? I did not know about this. I knew how Mm -hmm. long he was in there, and I guess I just didn't realize The prosecution kept asking for more time, and the state kept giving them more time. And it turned out to be several years. Mm Mm-hmm. So after 961 days in Rikers, Browder f- had appeared before eight judges. And he later opined, quote, these guys are just playing with my case. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, because they are. We don't want to deal with it either. Sure, you want more time prosecution? D- d- take whatever all the fucking time you want. We don't care that this time for lunch. I don't give a shit what you do. That this mm-hmm. inno- innocent until proven guilty person, child... Child. Now adult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not even yet. He's 17. Oh, my God. Or like he's about to be 18. It's just. Ugh. So while enduring the agony of delayed trials, living in Rikers and excessive stints in solitary confinement, Browder attempted to take his life multiple times. From The New Yorker, quote, once in February 2012, he ripped his bed sheets into strips, tied them together to create a noose and tried to hang himself from the light fixture in his cell. On March 13th of 2013, Browder appeared before Bronx judge Patricia DeMongo. She offered Browder a plea bargain of immediate release for his admission of guilt to two misdemeanors with consideration of time already served. Browder refused the offer and was returned to Rikers. 
On May 29th, 2013, DeMongo freed Browder in anticipation of the dismissal of charges against him. So, like, we knew this was coming. Yeah, they have to dismiss charges. They have no evidence. No evidence. None. So she's like, okay, just fucking let him out. This trial's not happening. This case isn't going anywhere. Goodbye. And Batista, the person who had accused him, had returned to Mexico and couldn't give testimony against Browder. So the prosecution was like, we don't have our only witness Yes, we acquiesce. Yeah. So honestly, it took the only witness they had leaving the country before the state was willing to be like, yeah, okay, let him out because we don't even have one. I don't even get what that impulse is as the prosecutor to like need to have this conviction so desperately. Like, what is that? A lot of those people are elected. True. It's a lot of money that goes behind. It's money. It's power. It's greed. It all boils down to money. Period. And it's mm-hmm. due to clearance rates. Yeah, for you're cops totally and right. Prosecution. Yeah, yeah. It's not great. So Browder was finally released after over three years in Rikers, just waiting for a fucking trial that never happened. Three years for of a his crime stolen. that never happened. I. It, yeah. It's insane. No prom. No No, junior prom and no senior prom. No, this boy's life is fucking ruined. So understandably, Browder struggled with his mental health after his release. He sought legal representation to sue the NYPD, the Bronx DA, and the Department of Corrections in New York. But these cases take years. So like he had legal representation. It was a civil case. It was in the works. It makes perfect sense that he both simultaneously like wanted justice for himself and what he endured and accountability and also his mental health had taken such a beating Mm -hmm. that he also was suicidal like it's oh absolutely so quote in november of 2013 six months after he left rikers browder attempted suicide again this time he tried to hang himself at home from a banister and he was taken to the psychiatric ward at saint barnabas hospital which is not far from his home in the bronx end quote this hospital stay seemed to help him, and by spring of 2014, he was attending classes at Bronx Community College, but the holidays are notoriously hard, and over his Christmas break, Browder was confined to a psychiatric ward of Harlem Hospital. He was released after about a week, but was back in St. Barnabas about a day after his release from Harlem Hospital. Mm-hmm. A reporter for The New Yorker who had been covering his story and checking in on him after his release, so like she knew him for Mm -hmm. several years at this point, wrote that she visited Browder at St. Barnabas in January of 2014 and, quote, he did not seem like himself. He was gaunt, restless, and deeply paranoid. Mm. He had recently thrown out his brand new television, he explained, because it was watching me. So now he's having like a complete psychotic break episode. Yeah. Yeah. He spent two weeks at St. Barnabas before he returned home. And around this time, the story of his time in Rikers was printed by this journalist who'd been with him now for several years Mm -hmm. in The New Yorker. And a random individual who had read this article contacted his lawyer, so his legal representation in the civil case, to arrange to pay for his college tuition at BCC. That's nice. So this was like, yeah, very nice. This was like a joyful moment for Khalif. He re-enrolled in BCC And this was a really good period of his life. He was doing well in classes. He was biking to and from school. Like, he felt well. And 
seem to be thriving for the first time in a long time and like moving forward. Which is a fucking miracle in and of itself, given what miracle. he's been through. Fucking mm-hmm. two years of solitary confinement when you're a child. Yep. I mean, and think imagine of- how many people this happens to. Oh, yeah. And, and he, I just and this case got a lot of publicity. Yeah. And it did. I'm sure. Oh, how many other caliphs are there? Yeah. Right. There are countless. Yeah. He also decided that he really wanted to open up about his story and help prevent others from experiencing what he had experienced. When the New Yorker reporter obtained the video footage of him being beaten by COs and Rikers, he gave the green light for the videos to be released online. She did not release those videos without his consent. Consent. His story was having an impact, encouraging then-Mayor Bill de Blasio to attempt reforms that would prevent the kind of delays that kept Browder and Rikers for so long. Mm-hmm. So from the New York Times, quote, Mr. de Blasio's administration did away with solitary confinement for 16 and 17-year-olds. Brave. Hot Yeah, take. so brave. Hot take. Brave. I mean, like, it's good, but, like... But, yeah. Ah, like- this is in, what, 2017? <laughs> like, yeah. fuck. Uh, <laughs> Citing the damaging effects that prolonged isolation can have on their mental stability, you don't say. Even Rand Paul started referencing Browder's case on the campaign trail in the context of Reformation. God, when Rand Paul is So you know things are bad. When even Rand Paul can see that you were treated poorly. Yeah. (laughs) Not great. God. Celebrities like Jay-Z and Rosie O'Donnell met with Khalif after seeing the videos online, offering him a platform to share his experience. Like he was on The View. There's like photos of him with Jay-Z. Like he really was doing incredible things for raising awareness. Right. For for reformation. Yeah. And this seemed like a rebirth. For Khalif Browder, but it also is very Mm re-traumatizing to then go public with all of this and have to face, you know, for all for every like 10 beautiful, supportive people, there's fucking 10 horrific asshats. Like you probably fucking guilty. Exactly. I can't even begin to imagine what this boy experienced Mm -hmm. after going public with his story. In June of 2015, things took a turn for the worse. Browder's lawyer noticed odd posts on Facebook that concerned him. He reached out to Khalif Browder, asking if he was okay. They talked on the phone several times. Browder said he was fine. Lawyer lets it go. It's like, okay, you're going, you're obviously going through a lot. You're booking and it's distressing. I'm here if you need me. Right. Days later, the lawyer is contacted by Browder's mother, to inform him that Khalif had died by suicide in her home and he was only 22 years old. Now, I'm not going to give the details of his death. I read them. It was fucking awful. The story is traumatizing enough and those details are readily available if you need them. I'm not going there. Yeah. Understandably, when the news of his death hit the public, there was justifiable outrage. Mourners gathered in vigil near Manhattan Detention Center chanting justice for Khalif. A concurrent vigil was held on Rikers Island. It was small, but it was there. On June 27th of 2015, another event on Rikers Island was organized through Facebook under the banner March to Shut Down Rikers, Justice for Khalif Browder, No to Criminalization. At the event, peaceful protesters protesters held signs bearing the slogan, like, Justice for Khalif, Black Lives Matter, all of, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah photographs and paintings of him they're just there in solidarity Mm -hmm. on august 10th 2015 the anniversary of the shooting death of michael brown 
50 peaceful protesters led by Khalif's brother, Akeem Browder, gathered at the Bronx Supreme Court. So, like, the community is putting pressure on these institutions mm-hmm. that not only have failed Khalif, but have yeah, failed so many. so many people of color throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Browder's lawyer continued working on the lawsuit against NYPD, the Bronx DA, and the New York Department of Corrections, seeking some semblance of justice for Khalif, since criminal fucking justice was not going to happen. So they had to try to do something in civil court. Tragically, but what Khalif's- about the camera? I know, right? What about Jesus. the iPod Touch? Ugh. The iPod Touch. $700 cash that maybe was stolen. We don't even actually fucking know. Tragically, Khalif's mother would not live to see justice served. On October 14th of 2016, Vanita Browder died of complications of a heart attack. Khalif's lawyer I'm sure the grown- stress of having her child endure exactly. this had nothing to do with her death. Uh, right. I mean, spot on. Khalif's lawyer, who had grown very close to the Browder family, said, quote, in my opinion, she literally died of a broken heart Mm -hmm. because the stress from this crusade, coupled with the strain of the pending lawsuits against the city and the pain from the death of her son were too much for her to bear. Mm -hmm. She fucking died. Yeah. So Rikers killed two people, frankly, Mm -hmm. in this one singular case. Mm -hmm. Well, they killed one of them really fucking slowly. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, both both of these, both of these, both of these Browders. Violently and slowly. Mm hmm. And needlessly. Needlessly. Mm -hmm. Khalif's brother, Akeem, shared similar thoughts, saying, quote, my mother has been holding herself strong, but she's heartbroken. Um, She is buried next to her son, and the information on where they are buried is not public, and so don't even fucking try. Mm -hmm. Just generally out there. Let's let them have one tiny bit of Honor them in a different way. In their fucking eternal rest. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Browder's legal team continued the fight after his death and after his mother's death. And in 2019, the state settled the lawsuit and awarded Browder's surviving family with $3.3 million, which is all well and good. But like, how can you put a price on fucking human life? First of all, you can't. And also, yay, taxpayers get to pay for this kind of fucking violence and trauma. Exactly. Because of a broken system. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like you're mad about three point three million forgiveness, but yeah. this is where your fucking taxes are going to prop Correct. up this fucking system. Yeah, because there's no required like insurance or any no. kind of backup. Frankly, in the they couldn't get system. insurance. Imagine and what insurance company would fucking absolutely not. We no. can't get insurance. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no. True. I mean, no. that's also fair. Right. So, I mean, we don't deserve it. So I get it. So the state gets to just pay this taxpayer money. Mm -hmm. And then the case is closed and no one within the Justice Department or the DA or any of the people who committed these atrocities are held responsible. They just pay and then it's all They don't even pay. The taxpayers pay. Correct. Mm -hmm. So that's fun. In the aftermath of all of this, legislation was written to help change our justice system's approach at least to youth imprisonment Mm -hmm. and solitary confinement, but ultimately did not pass on like a federal level. Mm -hmm. President Obama signed an executive order in January of 2016, like on his way out, banning the use of solitary confinement of juveniles in federal prisons. And in October of the same year, then New York City Corrections Commissioner announced that New York City would no longer place prisoners between the ages of 19 and 21 in solitary, 
So like Khalif was 17, but now that's been federally, you know, addressed, restricted. So now New York City is saying, okay, we're going to expand that mm-hmm. from like, youth to 21, which like, okay. Prove it, cool. first of all. Yeah, fucking prove it. In 2017, de Blasio said, quote, New York City will close the Rikers Island jail facility. Someday. At it's some like the point. Second Avenue subway that they've been talking about since 1952. Oh, my God. Shut it down. And the New York City Council voted in October of 2019 to close the Rikers Island jails and other New York City jails by 2026, which Lucy has pointed out has already been pushed to 2027, meaning it'll probably be pushed to never. Yeah, the people request. Jesus fucking Christ, we're not ready. So I just encourage everyone to keep a close eye on this and like do our part to hold these institutions accountable to these promises because people continue to die. Mm Mm-hmm. On April 10th, 2017, then Governor Andrew Cuomo, another rough Sterling name, another name, another name that aged like milk, <laughs> signed into law the, quote, raise the age initiative that would send most cases involving 16 and 17 year old defendants to the family court or be reviewed by judges with special training in social services, mm-hmm. which, again, this is a good step forward. Yeah. Youth. Children should not. It should be in family court. Yeah, children should not be held to the same standards, frankly. No. As adults, and they certainly shouldn't be serving any kind of time mixed in with adults. And Fuck if the no. only way to keep them safe is solitary fucking confinement, then that's not everything keeping is anyone yep. safe. Correct. Of course, none of this does fuck all for Khalif Browder or his family, and this boy should not have needed to suffer excruciatingly and ultimately die for these changes to be made. But now he is like, you know, the 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 fucking martyr for prison reform, and that never should have been his fucking legacy. No. So if the story compels you to learn more about the United States prison system and work to change it, like I said... I have some resources. I just want to shout out the Sentencing Project, the Marshall Project, and the Prison Policy Initiative. These are just a couple nationwide organizations doing work on prison reform and like human rights violations. The Marshall Project is like most is committed to documentation. They're like an independent press archive because so much is kept from the public. It's like a transparency initiative. Exactly. So they're doing very dangerous and painstaking work to try and even make any of these these, these data points fucking available to the public. Right. Mm-hmm. There's just so much that we don't know. And so if you're able, please support these organizations. And also, like Kenyon mentioned earlier, look into what's going on in your city mm-hmm. because it's fucking happening there. Mm-hmm. This is not special and to don't Rikers. don't just take their word for it about what happened and what caused a death in detention because they're fucking lying. Yeah. They're pulling a Disney. (laughs) And that book that I mentioned is called life and death on Rikers Island by Dr. Homer Venters. I want to read it. Mm -hmm. I've read a few excerpts and it's just like fucking, it is so much worse than you think it is. Well, I have to go tend to my child, but first yep. I'm rescinding our thank you to fan picker James Hicks. <laughs> God damn it, God James. God damn it, James. Happy birthday, Kate. Yeah. Frickin' Kate. And I But also classic. good work within the legals. 
yeah. the Justice yeah. Department right. first. So doing hopefully you, you do. can make hopefully you can make some changes. And I'm gonna go eat a donut. Please, I'm yeah. sad. Oh my god, that sounds so good. I think I'm gonna go to bed. It's three thirty p.m. and yeah. I'm done with the day. Yeah, fine, <laughs> fair, good for you. Okay. I love that. Well, I love we that will. We'll see you next week. Hopefully, um, it'll be better. Okay, bye. Bye, bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! Cheers!